And we're back. I'm James. This is the Good Fan Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. I'm Riley. And this is the Grizz Fan Pod. Yeah, we got Riley this oh, week. Right. It's not. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, nobody. Oh, man. That's not James. true. James. I'm James. Hey, um, did you watch the game this weekend? We weren't together, so I don't actually know the answer to this question. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Brent, Just a little bit? And I watched it, too, on our phones. That probably In sucked. a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the best way to keep track of it, but I will say... The, the the benefit of ESPN Plus is it was a lot better than it would have been if it was on Pluto. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the understatement point. of the year. <laughs> so I mean, there's a trade off there. <laughs> um, what you uh, what do you think of the game? The defense had two touchdowns. Can you believe that? How many how many games is it in a row now? Has Justin Ford had an interception? Eight. Can you believe that? Nope. Do you know that you will probably go your whole life of fandom? And never have a guy on a team you like do that again. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, hundred I mean, percent. Yeah. yeah, this is historic on a lot of levels. No way. I mean, eight straight games with interception. Can you believe that? <sighs> James is like, I'm gonna get nine. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like wait till I'm done in the maroon and silver. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna point it out to me. I'm not convinced yet. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Okay. Yet. Uh, All right. Hey, you're right. If he gets one this weekend, it'll mean ten times more. You know That's that. right. We like it. All right. Um, real quick, bud. The other games this week we need you to pick. Northern Arizona is at Cal Poly. Cal Poly. you. Cal Poly got their first win in the uh, season. Great job. <clears throat> you mean conference. Conference season, yep. Eastern Washington's at Portland State. Eastern. That's an intriguing game, by the way, guys. I, I, Bruce Barnum would love to play oh, yeah. spoiler. Yeah. I like I your – Oh, that's right. Oh, I like your pick, but I'm just saying watch out for that flex defense. Watch <laughs> I won't be – I will be very happy if North – or I mean Portland State wins that game, though. Yeah. Um, the other big one for playoff implications, I mean, hey. we're sitting here talking about hey. Montana, Montana State. Sac State Davis is probably for a seed. Oh. What? Absolutely, for seed. Yeah. Winner gets a seed in that game. Yeah, yeah. winner gets a seed. You losers, see? losers playing into Montana. Yeah, really, you think you see? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Really? That's the first time I've ever been surprised by one of your picks. You're not buying Sacramento State. You don't think they're that good? Mm. Interesting. Okay. It, where is it? It's it's at Davis. It's at Davis. But that's but like they're 45. Minutes. It's a yeah. bus trip. Yeah, <laughs> not even not even 45 minutes. Okay. All right. All right. So All you've right. got NAU Eastern and Davis. Northern Colorado's at Weber State. Weber. Yeah, I was like, "What are you taking so long to think about that one?" <laughs> Idaho is at Idaho State. Oh, the big rivalry game of the weekend. It feels like a trap game for Idaho. This, yeah, <laughs> it feels like the it feels like the batted game of the ball of the wild. Do you think that it's possible that no matter who wins the Idaho Idaho State game, both coaches get fired? No. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I bet they. I bet they're going to hear. Who's going to win, Idaho or Idaho State? Idaho State. Great pick. Oh, Great pick. I, I agree like with it. you. I, you know, you're not <laughs> wrong. And then last but not least, we got the Grizz. We got the Cats. Do you remember the last Grizz Cat game you went to? Wasn't that uh, sad? Yeah, In fact, that I think was... it's the only Cat Grizz game maybe. No, you've gone to. They threw the pick with like 133 left. Uh, this was the one where they fumbled. The one you twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Wait, then what about oh yeah, the short season twenty twenty. I don't know. 
So we got to find you a win, right? Who's going to win? Giz. All right. Even though the cats have won six straight. Is it six? I think it's yep. more like eight, isn't it? Nine. Nine. Wait, what? <clears throat> they won six oh, straight. Oh, oh. I know. Easy to forget a couple <clears throat> of those. I thought you were talking about the, in the rivalry. Oh, in the rivalry. In the rivalry, it's four, four straight. Yeah. Yeah, But, you know, you're a numbers guy, so I wonder what we're talking about with six. It'll come to you later, won't it? Maybe he's living the high life. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, James, do you have a score prediction? We're asking you to get a little deeper in the numbers this time. Both good defenses. Yeah, yeah. The over-under is 44 and a half. Yeah. Got him thinking. Got him thinking. Great right on us. 24 to 17. Oh, I like it. I'll take it. Yeah, All right, it. prediction. Last question for you. Riley is a Billings guy. Not a Billings West guy, but a Billings guy. Yes. You are a future Spartan. You've been a, you've been a strong fan of the Sentinel Spartans this year. We're going to that game on Friday night in Missoula. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to win the AA state championship? Set no! <laughs> Definitive answer. <laughs> All right, bud. Love you. <laughs> Good job. Nice, James. <laughs> All right. Hey, Riley. That's a hell of an introduction, by the way. Ah, you know, it's, it's the best part. I think for some of the guys who listen to the pod, it might be the best part. I think, yeah, they turn it off after five minutes. Yeah. Go Spartans! <laughs> oh, yeah. Went and got his jersey with the Spartans on it. He's ready to go. Um... Riley, I want to thank you for putting aside all of your disappointment in me and coming, you know, to our house here <laughs> to do the pod on on Grizz Cat Week. It means a lot to us. You do know that this is, comes with a disclaimer that you're still going to get a brow beating from me that you honestly picked. This is the worst call of all time. I thought when I I thought when I came here two months ago that you tell me that there was a quarterback controversy with Chris Brown and Cam Humphrey that that would be your worst call, oh, and you duplicated that maybe times ten as, by picking the Bears. As oh. I've told Brent and Luke, wow, somebody has to say interesting things on this podcast. I'll give you that, but that's still not an out. That doesn't count. Like, you deserve everything coming at you from everyone on social media, myself included. I just felt like I was the voice for a lot of people, what they felt, and you deserve that because last time I was here, you were you were trying to be this guy behind the scenes stirring up a quarterback controversy. Well, love Chris Brown, love everybody, but after Cam a couple senior. weeks, right, yep. we, we all yeah. know that that wasn't a thing. Just like Northern Colorado wasn't oh a thing, God, like they were ever going to beat the Grizz. This. But it's amazing. You knew, you knew I had to do this. For, that was the disclaimer of me coming. You knew this yeah. was coming for the first That's minute I'm just of me being the band-aid on. Off yeah, right up we're, front. we're ripping that thing off. Just make sure you never do anything that stupid. And then some again, of our, okay? our like sincere fans, like Bozeman Grizz and stuff like that, are like, "You're just saying what everybody's thinking." It's like, oh, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, Coulter teed me up for it on Monday on his show last week. Uh, I can't believe you thought. Did you did you know the spread or anything like before? I mean, they were an eighteen point underdog, and you're picking against your team against the perennial worst a, team I'm in the a, conference. I'm for a baseball years. guy. Sometimes you just got to change things oof, up. Roll those oof, socks up high. Ooh, okay. You know, well, we're gonna move past All this. Right. So we have a lot of things ahead yeah, of us, yeah. but you knew that was coming. Oh my god! Being a disclaimer coming onto this thing <laughs> first, this. This and you need amazing. a hug from your kid after that too. Let's just let's call it what it is, Brent. I mean, I don't know how you guys sat here, Brent, and, and just. I mean, I saw I mean, you. I listened to your reaction. You were kind of like, really? <laughs> Luke stood up because we were. <laughs> he did you? We, he stood up, and Mike's like, "Wait, wait, don't leave," because you know we had a couple beers and uh, makes the pick. And Luke was like. 
hands on the table like what What? (laughs) (laughs) you paid the price for it though oh yeah oh it's been a lot of fun i actually really enjoyed the interaction with everybody (laughs) it's been good stuff we got both kids in here now. Now you know what Lee games. Corso feels like when he makes a bad pick. Everyone's just giving him a hard time. But you know, people talk about it on the show. That's right. You know, entertainment value. Yeah. Um, real quick, because I don't know that people really want to talk about the game last week, but how was NAU? I mean, 30-3 to three is a great win. Great win. And I think that everybody, everybody has this narrative on trap game, right? Trap game, trap game, trap yeah, game. yeah. I never got that sense all week. I was, was worried that Northern Colorado was a trap game. I took care of it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Beat the trap game, it, Jinx. It, it was really great to see. I think the defense is feeding off this momentum now. And I think after the Southern Utah game where we, maybe we saw some more offensive deficiencies, yeah. I think the defense yeah. really took that as a sign, maybe a challenge more than anything else, saying, you know what? We want to put our, this team on our back. And we've seen it the last two weeks. It's, it's been inspiring it's been impressive the last couple of games and telling you what i could hear it in some of my calls that altitude's real oh yeah, it is real after 60 minutes of action if i can feel it in my calls i know the defensive guys chasing down dudes are are feeling it too but it was just a solid win across the board i mean nau they were touting it all week that well the grizz are one of our big rivals and we all know that montana everyone everybody's everybody's rival rival, right so they were they were trying as hard as they could but it was just a complete effort and i was really impressed from what i saw all three phases i i think the only thing that was maybe left to be desired was the offense couldn't punch it in in the red zone but they moved the ball second that's the thing second highest total like you sit here we talk about like where we're at rolling into the end of the season the playoffs and stuff like that my god if they could just figure out a score in the red zone We'd be phenomenal. Yeah. Do you guys realize it, it's 11 field goals now in the red zone? I mean, we're only at a 50% touchdown rate when we get in the red zone. Right. That's yeah. not – like if we can just punch it in from there, things are looking great. We're moving the football, which is a great sign to see. It's just a matter of – it's the old cliche of coaches, but finish. Just finish you, the yeah. drive. Do you think it's – I mean, maybe maybe give you a couple options. It's probably a bunch of things, but um, – Maybe we're a little bit too conservative, but also this is just where we feel not having the main running backs. I think the bulk in the middle is kind of the big deal. And I think Isaiah Childs is a huge piece in all of that. But as far as his health and working him back in, I think that the Grizz want him to be that guy. And he's close to being that guy. And that touchdown he had against Northern Colorado where he carried the guy in for a yard. That was huge. We haven't had that. And he had a chase to the pylon, too, against NAU. Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. think we all have to remember. He's a freshman. Yep. He's got three more years to develop. <laughs> They're I think all he's freshmen. Going, the whole damn team. No. I mean, they all, <laughs> Every one of them. He's going to be that guy. But in the red zone, yeah, I think it's a little bit conservative, a little bit just not having that guy you can just give it to and have faith that he's going to get five yards every yep. time. Yep. I mean, I got to say, it, like, the defense, it kind of felt like October for the defense was the sack game. was mm-hmm. maybe, There was the Eastern game and the sack game where it was like Eastern was a talented squad still playing at their peak and playing their rival so up to play us more than almost anybody else and then the sack game was like kind of the head scratcher and then the offense concerns and things like that and it kind of felt like the defense kind of got thrown on the ropes a little bit um but that sack but game this was the game now, where they were like you know they had the illness yeah. they had guys missing like it yeah. was just oh, absolutely. It was not absolutely. a normal game but so now it's like we're we're two weeks in october and this defense has given up three points and I mean, Northern Colorado and NAU. So we're not talking like the greatest offenses in the conference, but like the way this defense is playing again, it feels like we're back at that September level where, 
I mean, we pretty much got everybody, right? Everybody's healthy, yeah, which is, again, <laughs> yeah, knock, knock on wood. wood. I, I hope people can hear me knock on wood throughout this podcast <laughs> and open my beer during the podcast. Those yeah. are the two sound effects I hope people hear. So it, it's, it's, just, it's great to see this defense because I think a lot of people at points were, like, getting really frustrated with, like, they were great, and then they <clears throat> fell into a lull, and it was like maybe, you know, was it – they getting worn out were, were they losing some confidence in the way the offense was playing and like you said right i mean cam comes back childs and harris come back grossman continues to improve on off like the offense just starts to do a few things just a little better and suddenly it feels like this defense is kind of back where it's at in september where it's just crushing people well i, I want to throw this at you guys because i'm i'm super curious because this is the second time this year We've had a streak, and I've got this in one of my games. Right, Right. 10 quarters, 35 drives, and over 150 minutes without allowing a touchdown. What streak is more impressive at the beginning of the year? Absolutely. (laughs) Beginning of the year or right now? Because they, to me, are playing inspired. They know that they want to carry the team on their back, like I said a moment ago. But, I mean, that's two different streaks now. And I think the October struggles, there was a microcosm of a lot of things. A lot of things, yeah. They weren't healthy by yeah, any stretch. No. I mean, Gavin Robertson missing him, <clears throat> I don't right. care yeah. if he has tackles or not. His physical presence in the secondary is massive. Defensive yep. line, yep. the illness went through them in October as well. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. I, I think right now they're playing as good as they've played all season long right now. I think that um, – I just think that conference is harder, even if the, even if you want to argue that like none of the teams are as good as the Washington team in theory, right? Should be, yeah. You know, because I think on any given day, Washington's going to be favored against every team in the Big Sky, and sometimes that feels like some of the fans of other teams forget that that was a good team. <laughs> I hate how that game I mean, dismissed. Yeah, sometimes. it's just like, I don't it care doesn't if they go two and nine. Anything. It doesn't like, matter. Like the, the, some of these other fans and fan bases are going to be shocked that the Grizz get a good seed if they win the Cat game. And it's going to be like, dude, they freaking beat Washington. I mean, the, the resume counts the whole year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm impressed now. It just, what what confounds me a little bit is like, they, you know, and then you look at like Southern Utah, and it's like they gave up, you know, more points to Southern Utah than they have to like half of their schedule. <laughs> and it's like, how did that happen? <laughs> Because our offense sucked in the first game. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll say this for the Southern Utah game. They scored six points. I think you can look at every good team in the last decade mm-hmm. and point to one game that doesn't make sense. Yeah. That game doesn't make sense. Yep. But I'm going to flip it around to you guys. Everyone outside of Montana's camp, I feel jump ship after that Southern Utah game. Ah, writing them off. Montana's yeah. not that good oh, this yeah. year. Yeah. Well, what have they done since? They've outscored their yeah, opponents no, sixty-five to three and been dominant. It everyone is written the them off. It was wake-up call they needed, and everyone has that one game. Montana, everything went against him. Four we, turnovers, one hundred twenty-five yards and penalties. And we talked about this before. The two thousand nine team that went undefeated beat Idaho State, winless Idaho State. I think it was ten to nine or twelve to ten or something on a last-second field goal. Yeah, sounds right. So I mean, I don't think this is the 09 team, but it's like some of our very good. The, I mean, the 08 team had to kick a field goal to beat a Division II school, Central Washington, then the next week hits the road and gets smoked by Weaver. So it's like things happen. Things happen to good teams. It's There is one game a year. That's the way I look at it. I mean, and you can even look at the teams that are ranked in the top four right now. You look at one game that goes, that doesn't make any yeah. sense. Why was, why was it a narrow win? But – 
they found a way. I also hate the whole comparing teams' outcomes based on how they play against other teams. Because it's like every game is different. Every coaching decision is game different. Every guy has different, you know, um, approaches to when we get a lead, what do we do, and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, talking about, you know, the Grizz beating Northern Colorado 35 to what was it? Zero. Zero. Nothing. Yeah, that was a shutout. Or the Cats beating them 40 to seven. seven. It's like, I, you know, it's like, I don't really think you gain much at some point by kind of comparing those. It's like you won the game. That was the game that day. And you, you kind of move on. Especially like that. Like if it was something where one team struggled mightily where the other didn't in a very similar type of setting with, you know, with, or, or, but yeah, like. Yeah. One thing that's yeah. interesting that we were talking about on our, on our Big Sky podcast chat today <clears throat> was somehow Southern Utah has like 300 more net positive penalty yards yeah. than any other team in conference play. Like it's <laughs> That's crazy. It was hey, seven. Bye bye. It, <laughs> it was wild. Cause it's like, they were like net like 300 yards and someone else is like net like 130 and then it was like else poly, was, like the two worst teams yeah. in the league. It was weird. It was. Southern so Utah's already went bye bye. Yeah. Uh, and so did Demario Warren. By the way. Yeah, yeah. They played their last game. Uh, How does that make sense? Southern Utah had two head officials for most of their high penalty games, and it was the guy we had here in Missoula. I, anyway, I so had some time. Just not, I'm not trying to observation. But it was, very, it was yeah. interesting to see that they continually got the same two guys. Um, anything else? Just to put a bow on NAU. NAU. I mean, yeah. finishing drives because it's like defense yep. had 14 points. Um, Catching punts. Money. Macias. Money Macias. Brint's guy. I need credit for this. Yeah. Riley. <laughs> trademark. You need, to, trademark you need to talk to people, okay? <laughs> I, I, I've got connections. So, I got you. I've been saying Money Macias for weeks to drive Mike crazy. <laughs> and all of a sudden this week, everybody's so then, using it. So I say Money Macias, and then the Kaiman tweets Money Macias, and then Grizz Football tweets hashtag Money Macias, and, and people are tagging me in it, and I'm like, come on, and everyone is giving, like, except for Grizz Football Twitter, so I don't know who runs that account, but you need to make some phone calls. Uh, I know I know people. I was going to say, um, we let, know let, a guy let, who let was on help. the Potter so, last year. So this was, it was, it was tough to see on our phones, but people said his, what was his second kick, 50? It was 49, 49 but it but was someone was like, 65. So, yeah, I someone said it was just, like, smashed. It was, and, and yeah. he made, they called a timeout to try and ice him. And he made it, and it would have been good from 55 to 60. <laughs> and then he kicks it again. It's been good. To, I'm going to throw a question at you guys because okay. this is one of those oddities when I've got my insane spotter board with all these things I don't use. Why do you need that? How many years has it been since the Grizz have made a 50-yard field goal? 80 million. 80 million. <laughs> 80 million. Man, uh, does it go back to like Dan Carpenter? Does it go back that See, far? I think it might be like Chris Snyder years. Like. Oh one, oh two, oh three. No, Snyder wasn't. I mean, I don't. Brody McKnight was fairly accurate, but I don't remember him kicking fifty yarders. Ben Worst made one in two thousand thirteen. No, but I'm kidding. Even, well, there's even, a random. Uh, I don't even exactly. remember. He was there you a go. There you go. I mean, but even <laughs> even more so, I, I was hope because the way they spotted it, and I was hoping. You know, this is just the stat nerd in me. Yeah. Like, I hope they make it a fifty yarder. It was like forty nine and three quarters. <laughs> And so they counted as a 49-yarder for Macias. But, yeah, it was good for 65. So, speaking That's of cool. stats, I want to ask you a question and get your reaction. Um, Robbie Howe had a career-high – not a career-high, a season-high 14 tackles and one uh, defensive <laughs> Big Sky Riley, Player of the Week <laughs> and, Big Sky, and National Player of the Week. Um, I just you know, I just think it's interesting that his season-high in tackles came on the road. I 
think so as well. And I think that that narrative is so easy to just beat the drum, right? Yep. Where, I mean. So you're going to remind Coulter of that next time. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, the guy's had 95 tackles or more all three years he's been yeah. a Grizz. He is 60 tackles away from the school record, and he's still got a year plus some change left to go. I mean, I get the narrative outside, but. Well, we had a cat fan tweeting at us last week. Did all, you guys see the hit, by the way, it? in the fumble? Yeah. I mean, was that a fake? Was that a fake no, hit, too? No, that was no. awesome. I mean, that was a great And play. we didn't even realize because we were on our phones. We couldn't and we were both yeah. like, who was that? Who was that? And then because the replay on the TV, you just see you see the head and the shoulders, but you don't see 17. It's like such a small screen. Yeah. And so we're like, well, it's O'Connell that scored, but they said someone else. I think on the TV, they might have said Babros at, at first. first. And we're just yeah. like, no, that's O'Connell. They're like, who made the hit? And I was like, maybe it was Babros. And, and then I finally, went, like, one out. replay. I was like, oh, it was Robbie. So, yeah. That thing was trademarked, by the way. That yeah. was probably the the one of the coolest defensive plays. Oh yeah, because I have you seen hit the QB blindside. The you know it's the he one where the chest gets forward. pushed forward. Kind of had a rubber neck just, too. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 It the, was yeah the highlight reel that uh, Grace Football released, where it, like the music cuts and it goes quiet. And he, if you've seen it, no, I haven't. Oh, it's, it's it's just a little you know two minute highlight. It's a pretty cool shot. And the way they slowed it down like that, and then Garrett Graves hit on a punt return last year with the way – or two years ago, I guess, technically, on Eastern, Eastern the way that they yeah. edited those up, um, it, it makes it even cooler. Nice to leave Arizona, Northern Arizona with win. You know, I mean, we haven't played there a lot in the last decade, to be perfectly honest. We haven't done well. <laughs> the, last, the last time we were there, I went. My father-in-law and I went, and um, it was when Stitt was still coaching, and we lost, and I came to hate that chainsaw. So it makes me happy that they did not have. They never had to. They they never pulled out (laughs) that chainsaw at all. (laughs) I mean, their only points were on a muff punt. Yeah. Besides that, it's back-to-back shutouts. Yeah. Tell me this trivia question for you guys: When was the last time the Grizz went consecutive games without allowing a touchdown? Well, like allowing a touchdown. Period. So whether it's defense or offense. Okay. That's like that's like the first two games of this year. Right. I don't, man. He didn't think I was going to come back with you guys with the questions. No, huh? yeah, that's a good one too. It could have been that 2011 season. Like we had a game where we shut out Idaho State. Correct. And then we, no, no, correct on the shut oh, Okay, not like, correct on the whoa. answer. Like, they give up 17 the next week. <sighs> I don't know, man. 2006 playoff run. Oh, McNeese had yeah. six, yeah. and Southern Illinois had three the next yep. week. Yep. Man. There you go. Impress your friends. Buy yourself a beer. Everyone listen to Chris <laughs> Pod. That's your trivia uh, question you of the week. Good stuff. Yep. Average. What was Dan Carpenter's kicking average? James yes. wants to know. I know it. He knows it. What is it? Wow, it's four, four. Okay. That was his average wow. field goal okay. length. Forty-one point nine. Pretty good. Wow. Not bad. That's really Not bad. Good. So we're going to assume well, you're Aaron. looking at Wikipedia NFL stats here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So we're going to assume Aaron Fonts probably isn't feeling punts anymore. Um, I, I mean, I, the kid has a super bright future. But absolutely. Not, you know. True freshman. Um, I think that was his fourth game. You know, if that's probably his last game. That's probably, yeah, but I would assume. But if with our Burton wide receiver. Could stay in the slot. Yeah. And we could keep it like that, maybe. But yeah, with our wide receiver who health, who knows? But yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it is. What'd you guys think of Bergen in the slot? I was kind of excited. I liked and, it, and um, I, I, uh, we didn't attend QB Club, but I was telling Riley I watched the the recap of it today, and um, Coach Houck had a um, 
they showed the play where he you know caught it and went over the middle and it's like <laughs> kind of gave you a flash of what he can be in the slot <laughs> one more one more james what do you got Dan's longest 53. as a Grizz. 60. What? Dan kicked Whoa. a 60 yard. 60 yarder? That might be school record. You have to check worthy. your sources here. Are you on Wikipedia? Yep. Oh, James. <laughs> Are you sure as long as that wasn't his longest field goal in the pros? I can see a 60 yarder in the pros. Let me try to get the record book up here. <laughs> I mean, it's at least 53. No, good to see Bergen in the slot uh, while they do their research. So um, college, it was college. 54. 54. Professionally. Still pretty good. It was. <laughs> my God. Yeah. 60 in his first year or his third year in Miami. Miami. Wow. Who knew? All right. Thanks, bud. Good trivia. All right. Um, <laughs> did you give him some of the high life tonight? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're, all, we're all drinking we're all beers here, right? Yeah. <laughs> champagne of beers. Oh, I love it. Um, Cole Grossman. Kid just like, like he just gets better. Like he is a good player. It's not that he's getting better. Can you tell us how old Cole Grossman is? And oh what, yeah, what year he actually he's is? He's a twenty-one-year-old freshman. Ah. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Fourth year, the the trifecta of shirts: gray shirt, red shirt, COVID shirt. It's it's incredible <laughs> to see. I mean, I just hope I knock on wood that he stays here his entire career because he's continued to get better, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yep. it's one of those things, and I think. Coach Hauk and everyone, when you get touted in preseason camp, yeah, it's almost a red flag. And everybody was saying Cole Grossman's going to have a massive year. Kind of a slower start to the year, some could say. But the last four games, I mean, three touchdowns, 93 yards. What I like, though, guys, and I think a lot of us had that same kind of worry, is that the Grizz weren't going down the field. Well, now yeah, he's almost right. that big play threat, finding yeah. the seam at yeah. the tight end spot. I mean, seeing him a, a couple connections over the last two weeks, it's been really encouraging to see. I mean, he the ceiling is so high for yeah, him. I mean, we and, can see his intense talent. But you know with Coach Houck as well, it's not about catching the football. Can you run block? Can you run block? Because that's or the only way. Right, because you're not going to get rewarded unless you can yep. do everything a tight end is supposed yep. to do. It's like the running back that can pass block gets the snaps. For sure. Versus one. Um, I will say, I said this on the pod last week or the week yeah. before, but one thing I think that, Chris Brown starting. Oh my gosh! Here we go again. No, calm down. Just okay. Calm down. All right. Are you saying he's supposed to start this weekend? No. Okay. No. All God. Right. No. No. Okay. No, 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 no. See, here we go. <laughs> um, I think that Chris Brown brought Cole, Cole Grossman out of his shadow because Cole Grossman became Chris Brown's security blanket. Yeah, he did. And I think that the the staff and Cam kind of saw it, and it's like that's what helped him propel. So we're just looking for positives here. Riley is shaking his head and smiling, yes. So we're going to take that as an <laughs> I, I am shaking my head, yes. It is nice to see Cole Grossman involved no matter who's at quarterback. So yep. at least give you that. There you go. All right. All right. Anything else in AU? Man, I'm, I don't know. I'm good. That was a good win. Um, yeah, like we said, defense and special teams outscores the offense. That's kind of the big concern. But uh, Second time that's happened. Yeah. How Polly, so same deal. Yeah. But it does feel like it's like it is one of those things that maybe they can figure out. And they're th- – Hauk's teams the first time around when he'd get going on these playoff runs, they would get going at this point in the season and kind of start figuring things out. And it's like, you know, maybe maybe Cam gets healthier and we figure it out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else we really need to talk about in the big sky from last week? I mean, Idaho gave MSU a scare. Um, Eastern crushed Davis, which I don't understand. Did that surprise anybody? No, I don't understand no. how Davis is still um, – 
ranked where they are, I, honestly. You know, Davis just hasn't beaten anybody. And I get it. Tulsa and FPS win should always count. I mean, that, that's big time. It should count a little bit more than a normal win. But Davis has not played anybody. I was just saying that that, that Weber win is getting a whole lot. It's carrying a whole lot of water. But there aren't, I mean, there are 500 teams. Yeah. I, I just – I don't know how Davis is going to compete in the playoffs. It'll be interesting because I truly feel – and we'll get into the bye conversation and everything here down the line. But I feel if the Grizzlies get a bye, that Davis will play into Montana. Yeah, okay. I, I think that there's a very good chance that Montana's first playoff game, whether it's in the first round or playing into Montana, that it's going to be Davis Something and Montana Davis. playing. I really think that's going to happen. If, it feels like we're on a crash course. It really, yeah. It really, it's like you can play it out either way. So Grizz win, get a seed. <clears throat> Davis is the play-in going to come to us. Lose, we play the first weekend. Host we Davis. might play Davis. I think I think that's <laughs> very likely. If Davis beats Sack and gets like the seven eight seed, we're probably gonna go. Well, the, the eight. I can't remember how that seed, weird seeding works. We'll probably go to them. And I, I, it just it feels like to me like with Gross. this stupid regionalization, it's like we are just getting centered around Davis. And especially with no San Diego in the playoffs yeah. this year, yeah. it's like I okay, well, there's no other choice. Like I don't, I understand why they feel like they need to do it, but. They need to seed this field one through twenty four, in my opinion. So like, it's never going to happen. Go down. I'm sorry. I'm going down the line for Davis. They beat Tulsa. Then they beat San Diego. Who's? They beat Dixie State. Who lost to everybody? They beat Weber. Seventeen fourteen. Five they, and five. They beat Idaho by seven. They beat Idaho State by ten. They beat Northern Colorado by twenty nine. They beat Cal Poly by eleven. They beat NAU by what is that? Sixteen. They lost to Eastern by 18. It's so, like, for the record, just... how many teams with a winning record have they beaten? Because uh, the answer would be none, zero. Right? Tulsa <laughs> is under 500 yeah, as well. Tulsa's only won like three games. So, I mean, not discrediting them. They deserve to be – I mean – Because we can make the same argument. Some people can make the same argument. For sure. Yeah. About absolutely. Us. Absolutely. But I just – Make the same – But, I mean, if you, put, <laughs> if you put UW and UNLV and Tulsa in a round-robin death match, I mean, UW's winning – with no coach and yeah. their twos in, yeah. I would take UW against those other two teams. So who wins <laughs> with UNLV and Tulsa? I mean, an FBS wins an FBS win, and I'd love to see it, but those are neutral not site? good. Neutral site? Yeah, neutral site. Give me Tulsa by a field goal. Huh? Isn't there that like website simulator thing that can do this? Somewhere. All right. <laughs> um, nothing else really that I care about happened in the big sky. I, I mean – I mean, there's Not some really interesting lie. stuff in the FCS. I mean, how about South Dakota? South Dakota State. How epic was that? South Dakota State. Who? Did it, you see the? We, we saw the video. Since the final play. Yeah, the play but before. The, the play exactly. So I didn't see the play before. The play before. So South Dakota State has the ball. It's a fourth down with eight seconds left to go, and all they want to do is run the clock out. And in theory, you probably should have just punted it because the hang time of the punt would let the clock tick down. Instead, they roll out their quarterback. Throw it high in the air, falls out of bounds, one second left to oh, go. I didn't know and that. And that then brings South Dakota on the field, 57 yards away, the, and then the Hail Mary yeah. happens. It tips off three guys oh and they catch God. I mean, it was Yeah, I, I just saw the crazy ending. It was like, oh. oh, my God. And then later in the highlights, I saw the play before. I was like, you are kidding me. But you're that. so right. They should have punted because even if they end up with two seconds left, they're only going to get one play, and it's going to be down at the – you know, twenty yard line as opposed to giving it to him at midfield. That was poor coaching. Old coach too that's been there a long time. I mean that's a that's one that's gonna haunt him forever. And at the same time, this is way looking ahead and we'll probably get into game day here in a second. But you know the second home game of the year for Montana next year is South Dakota. 
that has a chance of being a top 20 matchup. South Dakota is going to make the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think that that game right there might have ramifications in next September. We'll talk about that on a different pod, but very right. interesting. Well, let's get into game day. Yeah, because, I mean, there's a game this weekend? Oh, there is. Um, oh, I thought you were talking about oh, college games. College no, yeah, but yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah. about let's that for it. a second because, yep. you know what? I'm proud of the athletic department and the university's effort to hey, get game day. Eric Tabor, I mean, athletic department, everyone. Marketing beyond. Effort into that. Incredible. Yeah, and it's like, you know, we've, we've had some cat fans kind of like, oh, this is so pathetic and embarrassing. And it's like, I don't see it that way. I think the University of Montana basically got their athletic department to be more or less trending on sports Twitter for two weeks. They got almost every personality involved with game day at ESPN to interact with them. Um, you know, they were talked about on game day last weekend. I, nothing but a success in my mind. I don't see any negatives from it. Not at all. It's a bummer that they didn't come. And in retrospect, when, when ESPN picked up um, the Ohio state Michigan state game and it didn't get moved into prime time, probably should have known that. And they probably waited to see if one of those two teams got upset this weekend. But the reality is, and we were kind of talking about this off, off, um, you know, off the, before the pod started, the brawl of the wild would be a great game for, um, game day to, to feature, but it's probably never going to happen because of when it happens in the season. Well, think about it, guys. We're going to talk about this matchup. It's got everything you want. Top seven, both teams are in the top seven, conference championship implications, yep. rivalry, all of that, and they still didn't pick it, which goes to show you that it's the way of the world. It's where we live. That There's no way that if there's a big-time top 10 FBS game that this game's going to overtake it. That being said, you need to set yourself up in a great situation to where if game day is going to ever come to an FCS score, especially Montana in this instance, Exactly. You need to have it where there's not competition on the FBS right. side of things. Yep. Where whether that's a week zero, whether that's week two or three when Montana plays South Dakota next year, that's what it's going to take. But I'm with you guys. It's nothing but positive. It was unreal to kind of see the social media campaign and how it came together. I mean, guys, in two weeks, you know how many people knew know now about Montana football that didn't have any clue who we were back then. I mean, that's a positive in its own right. And what I loved is when they made the announcement, you go look at the comments. People were pissed. And like, they no, were pissed. Not just Grizz fans, but like people who are just like, oh, your show's stale. Says, you go to the neat place. Big new kicks out. Kickoff's better anyway. You know, and they were just, they were throwing them under the bus. I mean, we had already won at that point. And I think President Bodner said the same thing. As yep. far as everyone came together and we're on the map now to where... I feel the game day after they do their research and see, they're like, we got to go to this place. I mean, this is a cool yeah. spot in the country. It just needs to be the right fit. And unfortunately, number four is playing number seven this yep. week, and ABC has the rights to it. If the game was on Fox, Fox be a different story. Totally oh, different story. Yep. Totally different ABC story. Grabbed it. Yep. But yeah, you know, and I just think, you know, for all the haters out there, who cares? You know, if you're if you're jealous because you that's think, jealousy. If you're you right. Think that ESPN doesn't know anybody in the FCS. You're wrong. ESPN does know some programs in the FCS, and Montana has been one of them for a while. Yep. And still is. Yep. So, I, nothing but positives for me. Uh, Luke actually texted us and wanted to make sure that we said that similar for him. Absolutely. He has no time for the haters on this one. And I will say, <laughs> it's okay to give them a hard time game day. They didn't come here, but 
let's keep him in the good graces yeah. because I, no, hate I, don't hate I truly feel – think about it. I'm going to throw this one at you guys. They went to North Dakota State when they played Incarnate Word. Yeah, yeah. that's And right. Incarnate Word was not good. Yeah. The Grizz play South Dakota next year, a team that should be in the top 20 that's going to make the playoffs this year. That's a more attractive game. Basically what I'm saying is – Don't screw it up for us, guys. Let's, <laughs> thank let's you, do it. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, like we played there. Big, yeah, like mess up with the college football rankings, so the they rankings. literally put us at the twenty-five ranked. Really? How do you even remember this? <laughs> I just remember they like half the stadium was closed, right? Because they were working on the stadium. That was bizarre. <laughs> the <laughs> Dakota Dome. You guys yeah. ever been there? The concrete <laughs> jungle? No, no, no. Boy, it's fascinating. <laughs> All right. So, so before are we oh, get into cat games, should we uh, take a quick break here and get uh, Mr. Schmidt on the call? Yeah, let's do that. And I want to do one thing real quick before we, we uh, switch to Schmidt. Um, our buddy Luke Rounds is hosting the. Um, what South Dakota chapter of I'm going to Rapid this City right? Rapid, Rapid City chapter. By the way, the shout out Cat. Luke. I don't know him personally. He's a stud on. Twitter. He's a great guy. He's <laughs> awesome. And like, so, shout out Luke. Shout out to him hosting that. Yep. But also anywhere in in the country, go to U, the UM alumni page and find your chapters. Yep. Grizzcat game because those are great parties and you know dedicated fans work hard to host them. So shout out to Luke and. Uh, Shout out to everybody else hosting those as well. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We have everybody's favorite backup running back, which, <laughs> still, you know, still. still everybody's favorite backup running back, Andrew Schmidt, joining us. And, you know, Brent is all excited about coining Money Macias for the Grizz kicker. But I just want the people to still know that you're on, like, year three of <laughs> – Using my nickname for you as your Twitter handle. No royalties either. It, yeah. No, it is the best nickname I think I've ever received. So uh, I'm going to keep doing everyone's favorite uh, backup running back because that's who I am. Yep. I also I need to know this. Where did your Twitter picture come from? You know, it's funny. I had lunch with uh, uh, Kent the other day and, and Dan. And they asked me the same exact thing. So that, <laughs> that is actually my nephew, Grayson, uh, who he was visiting my dad in the hospital and he was just born. And uh, my brother or my dad was going to take a picture of him and he threw up as he was taking the picture. So I don't know if you can see that. Oh, it's on my Twitter. That is my nephew, mid-puke. Mid-puke. At maybe like a month old. And I thought that was the funniest picture I've seen. Um, so now it is my Twitter avatar. I'm never going to change it. And then when he gets older, um, I'm just going to leave it there. It's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about happenstance, right? Like That's kind of funny. Um, so I think... Uh... Since we've got you on, I want to start by hearing your m- most favorite Grizz Cat memory. Favorite memory? Yeah. Uh, throwbacks was always, that was really cool. Um, uh, I- I've said this before. Uh, there was a, like a delay in the roar of the crowd when we came out of the tunnel that day. 
in 2008. Um, it's like no one knew that that was happening or was it, it was expected. So we take the field and it was like, it was like a delay and everyone's like, wait, 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 throwbacks. Then there's just a, a roar. Uh, it was so much different than any other time we ran out of the tunnel. Yep. That probably sticks out. Was, that's the, that's the biggest one for me. Well, it's, uh, favorite it's memory. the only time we've ever heard opponents say we knew we were going to lose. <laughs> and and right away. here's the guy, the guy that hates the cats more than anyone that we know, Bobby Houck said that's his favorite Grizz cat memory. So, you know, that oh, that's, yeah. yep. He said that's his favorite game. His favorite memories when they ran out of the tunnel there. But you know, what's crazy is they did such a good job of keeping that secret. Like I knew because we, uh, one of the, one of the girls who worked in the trainer or in the, in the equipment office spilled the beans. So we brought yeah. our old Grizz blanket and like everybody sitting around us was like, what are you doing? And I was like, just wait. So, so we were told, uh, <laughs> say that again. <laughs> oh, who knows? James is talking. James is just rattling yeah. off some stats. So, we were told like, Hey, there's rumors going around. So like a bunch of guys went to universal athletic and got yellow tape that from the Missoula universal athletic, that mm -hmm. is like for the Hellgate players. And so they're like, Hey, just in case we need to use this, like we're gonna, uh, we're gonna bust it out. But like, we didn't know for sure until that morning in team meetings when Bobby pulled the, the helmet and the Jersey out of a duffel bag. Um, wow. It was really like we, I had, I had dinner with Dow the night before and he's like, yeah, I talked to some booster and they said it's happening. And, but we didn't know, like, we didn't know for sure. Like no one told us anything. Um, it was a big surprise. It was, that was a lot of fun. Was that this sticks out for sure. Was this the days before egress? Cause I feel like it would have uh, leaked on no, egress. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. It's no. incredible how well the secret was kept it's kind of like before twitter like a lot of social yeah. media was yeah wasn't what it was now there was yeah there was facebook but there wasn't it was only for college kids back then if you remember that yeah. before they let all the you know sleeves on it but all, all the boomers <laughs> <laughs> all the realtors selling houses those bastards. Yeah. <laughs> um so did the team just go crazy when he pulled it out of the duffel bag or yeah so he like He's like, uh, I know there's been rumors, but here's what we're wearing this week. And he unzips the duffel bag and pulls the, the, the helmet and the jersey out. And everyone in the room, uh, I think it was like McGill Hall, I think, uh, just went crazy. Um, it was like, it was really cool. And he's like, so he puts the stuff back and he's like, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to go out. You're going to wear all maroon. We're not going to put pads in the pants. Um, uh, we're we're going to wear our silver helmets like. We're not going to tip anything off. And then we're going to send out Carl Pitcher and Dan Carter, guys who were injured for the year and not playing as our captains. Uh, and so they went out and did the coin toss and everything in Maroon. And we all hung back in the tunnel once we warmed up and then changed everything out. Um, and so no one could see us on the ramp because uh, usually we're like right there by the helmet. Um, so, yeah, it, it we kept it pretty quiet. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a pretty cool idea by Bobby to – to surprise it on them. But it, it was like when we came out and uh, I, I've talked to other like cat players that I'm friends with um, from that time. And like you were saying, they're like, we're fucked. <laughs> 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 Basically it was the feeling. I've got to ask this question because every single time on the radio broadcast before the Grizz come out of the tunnel, 
I always tell Greg, I wonder what it's like in there. Take us inside the tunnel before you guys come out. I mean, because it's closed doors on both sides. It is dark. It is narrow. What is it like before the team runs out of the tunnel? I mean, is everyone shoulder to shoulder waiting for those doors to open? Kind of take us inside a, a place that not many Grizz fans obviously know what a part of is. Because I'm so curious what it's like, Andrew, inside there. Yeah, so I can I can actually do this. Uh, um, I might get allowed. Uh, but here's here's what it, what happens is everyone has their spot of where they want to be. Okay, um, some guys like to run out last. Uh, like I remember Lex would always run out last. Some guys like to be in the front. Uh, usually it's seniors up front, but it kind of just depends on where you want to be, where the captains want to be, whatever. Then you line up on kind of both sides of of the tunnel. Okay, and then there's a little uh, like walkway. Okay. Uh, so you can get up and down. That's where, uh, the powder river guy goes. So, uh, I don't know if it was a Joe Glenn thing or if it was before that, but, uh, there was a guy on the team that would, uh, yell powder river. And then everyone else on the team yells letter buck. Right. Yep. And that guy goes back and forth and like jumps in the tunnel and like hits guys. And like just goes all the zigzags all the way up the tunnel yelling powder river and everyone yelling letter buck. For us, it was Schulte. Uh, before that, it was Lavander, uh, Seegers. Um, so it was usually a smaller guy who could get up and down the tunnel. Okay. Uh, so that was one thing that we did. While we're walking to the tunnel, uh, we do the, the Say the Who, um, which is uh, Say the Who, Say the Grizz ain't bad motherfucker. Say the Who, Say the Who, Say the Who, Say the Who. And then you just chant. It's a chant. It's like a war chant. Um, that you're going and everyone kind of gets into it and it kind of pumps everyone up. And then right before we hit the field, uh, we all chant out the pride and tradition of the Montana Grizzlies will not be entrusted to the timid or the weak. And then you listen for the bring them out, bring them out. And that's yeah. when they blow the smoke and the, you hear the band and you run out. So that's the exact kind of sequence of things that happen in there. So Gives me chills. We need to get Peter Christian to do the say the who at the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Could you imagine? It was, <laughs> or anybody? It, it, it's funny. The I'm, I'm reading. Actually, I'm reading the Twitch. Uh, the say who? It was a it was a Glenn thing. He brought it in. Um, that might have been the Powder River. Yeah, uh, Glenn brought yeah, that in. Yeah. I mean the uh, funny. Uh, the say the who? I remember one time we were playing Sac State, and Bobby got kind of mad. Uh, that we had to get dressed outside. This is back. They didn't, I don't know if they still have great locker rooms there, but we had to get dressed. This is the big sky conference. They probably don't. (laughs) No, we had to get, there was a, a, a a fence outside with like a tarp around it. And like half our team had to get dressed out there. People like peeking in, seeing naked offensive linemen and stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, he's like, Hey, we're not going to do the, say the who I don't want like people hearing to say, say the who say the Grizz ain't bad motherfuckers like out loud. Like that's for us. And I remember like our team revolted. We're like, that's not fucking happening. Sorry, Bobby. Like we're doing the say the who and that was the first time that uh, we like really stood up to him of something that he wanted, but we did it. Like, it's like, we're doing that. Awesome. <laughs> Andrew, <clears throat> we're kind of talking around pregame and what it's like. We, we, had a fan, uh, Cordy, uh, tweeted at us asking you to give us kind of what a typical week of prep looks like, uh, especially 
cat week stuff like that like like what is not like super detail but like kind of a monday through saturday on cat week. okay so, and yeah then i have an so, important follow-up to this and mike has yeah, an important follow-up yeah so so normal weeks um i'll preface everything by saying that on normal weeks you, you got to go to class and the coaches will go around and check class especially for the people who ditch class and they know that ditch class or have bad grades and they'll specifically go to that class or they'll target classes where there's a tons of football players in it. So history of rock and roll or freshman seminars or shit like that, uh, they'll show up. And if you're not there, you're going to the M the next day. Okay. Uh, like at six in the morning, um, cat week is not like that. Like cat week class is kind of optional. It's, you know, they're, they're not checking. I would tell you. So probably Bobby's probably gonna hate me for saying that out loud, but they're not really checking. Okay. Uh, so what happens is Sunday, Sunday's your off day. Um, uh, we don't even, I think when I was playing, we didn't even lift. I know some teams like do lifting and stuff like that on Sundays. We did nothing. Uh, Monday is, uh, you go to class, you get your lift in, um, and you're lifting pretty much every day that week. Um, but, uh, you have class from all the way up until two, you got to get your workout in your lift in before then uh, you have meetings. Um, and then Monday is film basically in striders. So like 18, 110 striders just to get the, just to get the soreness out. Uh, but it's not hard. And then as the season progressive, Bobby takes more and more off. So by the end of the season, you're doing like 10 maybe. Um, so that's Monday. Tuesday is a hard day of practice. Uh, so same routine, got class all the way up to, to two. Uh, uh, then you have special teams meeting uh, at two, 2.30 is position meetings till three. Uh, then you have go down uh, practice. Uh, then you go back and watch tape on practice after that. Uh, and then you're done by like 6.30 or whatever, seven. Uh, some people have class after that, but uh, usually full pads, um, during the season. If not, it's, it's shoulder pads and shorts. Um, that's, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday is kind of the same thing. Uh, Wednesday is your last hard day of practice. So all the players usually go out on Wednesday. We call it social Wednesdays. You get messed, messed up because it's like one of the weekend days. Cause you don't have a Friday. Um, that was started by like Tim Houck and those guys back way back when they would go to the, the bear den or whatever it was called. And, and then it was called Amvets after that. And I don't know what it is now um monks 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 yeah so that that's like people go out on wednesday thursday is uh, uh basically perfect plays so your script that you have built in through the week uh you're running those plays uh perfectly if you if you mess it up like you have to start over basically it, it's you know it's not hard you're usually just in helmets but you got to do everything perfectly and then Friday is a walkthrough. It's just you doing stuff on air, walking through it, making sure you have everything battened down. And then what happens on Fridays is like Bobby will go through if people are hurt. Okay. So like, say I was uh, like the L4 on a punt return, he'll go Schmitz down. And then the backup has to go like raise their hand, like, Hey, I'm replacing him. Um, and then they'll go, he'll just, start yelling out names of people who are down. Um, and then they will, if you mess that up, Bobby will start the whole practice over. Oh, so God. it's like you, you have to, uh, 
what, what, what I saw the chat right here. What, what did you say? You're going to click on the dots in the right corner. <laughs> what is this? So you'll pin both of us so it's not just Brent's face on this. Uh... <laughs> no one wants to see that. What, what do I do? Click on the dot in the right-hand corner of, <laughs> okay. of the frame we're in. Okay. And s- hit pin. I don't know how to do that. All right, forget it. <laughs> Keep going. Everyone just gets to <laughs> stare at my face. I, I see save chat. I see my thing. Don't worry about it. It's first time for everything. Right. Um, so I have a question for you about uh, about the so, week. Or are you not done yet? Okay. Okay, one second. So that's Friday. Saturday is like pregame meal, uh, chapel, if you do that sort of thing. Uh, players have like a couple hours before the game to stretch out. A lot of guys play games like they'll try to do the – the drop kick through the uprights like uh, uh, Doug Flutie did one time. Um, some people try to hit the goalpost like throwing balls just to loosen up. That's that's before the game, and then it's game day, and after game day, celebrate. So that's the week. For, for Cat Week, everything's a little more intense. Everything's a little more uh, uh, battened down, so to speak. There isn't so much uh, – uh, it's not so much uh, – goofing around i'd say was the game time consistent because i know a couple years back it was like a four o'clock kick and that was mixed emotions throughout was it always a noon kick when you played uh pretty much yeah okay yeah so we the only time we weren't when there was one o'clock before daylight savings time um and then if we were on the road it was uh it varied like our cal poly game was like it's seven or whatever um uh it just depends but yeah, for, for Montana, we didn't have lights. If you remember, like That's our right. first night game was that, uh, uh, what was it, the UMass game? Yeah, um, uh, the playoff game, 2004. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't UMass, it, it was UMass. Uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah, so like that was our first night game. Was, we didn't have stuff like that back then. It, was, it wasn't until the Cats got lights when they decided <laughs> that we should have them too. We don't want to fall behind. <sighs> Bryce Erickson Jr., you want to... Yeah, we're reading the this. comments. Brent, I will say, Bryce Erickson yeah, Jr., Brent Wahlberg. Having Bryce live Erickson comments Jr. from people <laughs> really would change this pod. I will say the facial hair to, is, is like near Bryce image Erickson. of Bryce Erickson right now. I'm just yeah, saying. I got the stripes and the beard. Yeah, it's a little shorter, but yeah. And I don't know why I sound like Mush. I apologize. Uh, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what to tell well, you. Yeah, you're, you're like going through my audio. It's going to sound better on the pod, I guarantee you. But this is funny. Hey, this is growing pains, baby. No, we're Show good, this, baby. This is groundbreaking. <laughs> so here's my important question for you on the schedule of Cat Week. Mm-hmm. When does Bobby have players go spread fake information on eGrizz, and how does he choose who to do it? <laughs> be that, careful! Be careful was... how you respond to this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> In, We've in heard this my, story before. In my time, that was just me. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, hey, you're my inside guy. Like, uh, so he would have me text cat players and uh, mention stuff online of all the injuries we had. And um, God, I love Bobby. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that happen? That happened on Monday. Uh, so I, I said this on, on Twitter uh this week i i honestly don't know anyone who hates the cats as much as he does um 
and he does stuff like that man like he takes every little thing he can do he's gonna do that's just that's just who he is i mean he has i've said this i think on here before he had a family member wear a bobcat hat to his house one time and story goes bobby knocks it off his head throws it in his front yard and pisses on it okay bobby then takes that hat and pins it to the bulletin board on cat week of our of our wall and writes something like damn near criminal underneath it um to get people motivated like like, like, the guy the guy is definitely uh hates the cats with every fiber of his being so do you think that it's good for the rivalry to have a coach that the opposing people hate i mean sure i, mean, I do it makes it more well fun. compared yeah. to the other side right now yeah. i mean he's What's... a great guy and he's doing a good job but there's no him. right there's no hatred i mean you you have to have a villain in every story right andrew i mean bobby Hawk's the I... villain right now well he's the villain to them right I mean, sure. he's the hero to us. Like, <laughs> Good point. Uh, I, I, I remember when we did, uh, he made shirts for everyone and it had the Grizz football helmet and it had the evil empire underneath, right? So we were the, the evil empire. Uh, we all ate that shit up. We were like, hell yeah, evil empire. That's who we are. You know, like yep. it, I, I don't think that uh, Grizz Nation cares about what he says you know nope. I, I i think we care that uh that he hates the cats because i mean that's that's number two on our goal board right it's number one earn a um degree two beat state three win the big sky four win the national championship they're number two <laughs> so like it it matters to us so in your twitch feed comments here does Brent Vegan uh, ski in jeans? <laughs> oh, that's good. I don't know. I, I would think if he does, he cross-country skis because there's no mountains in North Dakota, right? Oh, fair point. All right. So do we think that Highline Luke is our absent third co-host? Is he Luke? gone again? Yeah. 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 He's going to find himself out of a job if he's not too Ooh. careful. Ooh. You heard you it heard here first. Luke. That's twice I'm filling in for you. That's true. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? <laughs> Call the big dogs. Um, so you obviously grew up in Bozeman, um, mm-hmm. have an interesting approach to this. Is there ever a point in your life where you were rooting for the cats in this game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was thought. a cat fan. Um uh, my dad coached for the cats from uh what 80 79 yeah that's what i thought yeah yeah so that's why we moved back like he had a friend who got him a job he decided to get out of coaching he was at san diego state decided he didn't want to he didn't want to go around um <laughs> i like that Parker must be itching to drop some obscure stats. We'll get there. <laughs> he he so, already got us with obscure I, stats I, I, for the no, first half trivia. of the first I, I, hour. I dropped them all. They're, they're so, done. <laughs> so I, my dad wanted to get out of coaching and because moving kids around, my, my sister was about to go into high school. Um, yeah, just kind of wanted to get out. And he had a friend who got him a job in Bozeman. So he was like member of the quarterback club and like a uh, big cat household in my house. And I was, I was, uh, at uh, the 2000, 
two breaking of the streak game uh, in the blizzard wearing cat gear. Okay. Uh, It wasn't until they kind of fucked the recruiting up of me that I switched. And my dad was like, you should not go to Bozeman. I think he used Montana state, but I won't. So uh, that was when O'Brien got busted for dealing meth Mm -hmm. and he was on his way up to a game to watch Bozeman against CMR. He was watching me and Ryan Bagley uh, a high school game. He decided to make a detour in Townsend, got popped for dealing meth. They messed up the recruiting and they like, both those guys ended up with the Grizz. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I honestly, I don't know what Bagley's and what he ever wanted to do, but I wanted to be a cat and they messed that whole thing up. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I got called from every day, like from Tom Houck and coach Kowalski seeing how I was doing the cats called me like twice. So I, they completely fell off the radar after that happened. And I know the joke is like, if coach Kowalski and, Tom Halker calling you every day. Why did you come here? Um, uh, they were great. Like they actually like really wanted to be a Grizz after that. And so that's, that's why I was like, I was on a unofficial visit in that 2003 game when uh, that kick got uh, returned for a touchdown to open the game. Um, and I was there with the cats, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that was like the second time they called me was to offer me <laughs> to come to that game. And I was like, okay. Um, I decided to come to Grizz. So glad I did though. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Worked out. We wouldn't have yeah. our uh, favorite running, favorite backup running back. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You'd be on the r you'd be on the r and cat cast right now. I, those, <laughs> those guys aren't nearly as entertaining <laughs> as we are. I could, I could probably have played a lot more with them. I would have been a lot, I would have lost a lot more, uh. you know? So I mean, shit! I had to sit behind Lex and Chase Reynolds. <laughs> Fuck me, right? <laughs> that was bad timing on your parents' part. <laughs> yeah, you should blame your parents for that. Um, uh, so we get, of course, Andrew. You know this. We get a lot of Twitter questions, and so uh, I'm going to throw a few in here. And uh, Eric Witz had one for each of you guys. Oh man! Uh, so what he's wondering, Riley, what is your the favorite call you have ever made in a game? And then Andrew, what is your favorite single play that you have ever been a part of? Who wants to go first? Andrew, you've been talking a lot. I'll, I'll give you a break yeah, for a second. You, ahead, take a couple yeah. drinks, please. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, to me, two or three come to mind. I, I think the most recent one and the most impactful one has to be the Marcus Wellnell pick this year at Washington. At Washington. Yeah, oh, yeah, to, to kind of yeah. seal the win. I, You know, I think a lot of broadcasters, they have like career-defining moments or just moments that are, are big-time calls. And in more in the impact of the program than personally. And I think that that one is just going to live in history just because of how monumental it was. The The close seconds, I would probably say, are Samori Toure's touchdown when he high-stepped in the end zone and broke Randy Moss's record. Be- only because I knew that the next catch was going to break the record. And when he caught it, I said he's into the record books and he's into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. So he's kind of happy about that. Third one, just from a straight energy standpoint, and and the game will never pop off the page, was the JLM pump return touchdown against North Alabama. Oh, yeah. It was the night game. Oh, yeah. And do you guys remember Jerry's emotion when he got in the end zone? Like, yeah. he, he had an outer body experience. Yeah, yeah. And 
I, I don't know, the emotion of the call and just everything in between. Those are the top three, but I, I would give the nod to the well-known pick this year at Washington for probably my favorite Grizzly football call. Great question, though. Great yeah. question. All right, that gave you enough time there, Andrew. Brent, you're on here now, responding to the Twitch chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. This is dangerous, Scott. This like is this. dangerous. Yeah, Brent hasn't missed a social media guys. opportunity. No, have not. Yeah. Realtor there. of the year. Here we go. <laughs> um, oh, oh, so I didn't know if that was directed towards favorite play in like the against Just, the cats. No, or it, oh, well, let's break it apart. Your favorite, career. your favorite play you've ever been a part of, and then your favorite play against cats. Um. Let's see. Well, personally, like uh, when we played Cal Poly in 2008, um, uh, I blocked the the opening punt. um, And then we scored right after that. Farrier took one to the house. um, Or I think he took one almost all the way or or did take it to the house. Um, What I I love special teams. Like that was like my thing. That's how I I, like got a scholarship. Right. So uh, even after I had this game against Cal Poly, like I told Bobby never to take me off punt return because that was my favorite thing. Uh, it was just something that me and, and that him made him actually, love you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was something that we connected on. Like I was, uh, it, and it happened like uh, my junior year where I would come off to the sideline um, and I'd tell him what I was seeing. And I'd be like, hey, this guy's a little wide or this guy's chasing, like we should run this. And then he would listen to me, which, you know, when you're playing for Bobby, you think he doesn't listen to you at all. Like he's just going to do things his way, but then he'd call it and we get a punt block, you know? So, uh, the, uh, the, the opening Cal Poly one, I wasn't even supposed to, to, to block it. Like that, that wasn't the call. Um, I just lined up a little wide. It was supposed to be, I think Severin Campbell next to me. Uh, and the guy just let me go. And the personal protector went inside and I'm like, well, fuck, if I'm here, I might as well block this. Right. So um, uh, that was really cool because we weren't supposed to be anything that year. I remember bartending at stocks and having the lunch crowd come in um, and they'd be like, we're going eight and four this year. You know, I'd be like, fuck you. (laughs) You know, no, we're not. Uh, and, And I think that we, like there was a lot of doubts. Like we lost all these guys. We lost Lex Hilliard and Croy Bierman and uh, Ryan Bagley and uh, you know, tons of guys, just uh, Tory Thomas, um, uh, Eric Allen. Um, like we, we, we just had tons and tons of guys, Cody Baylog mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that, that we lost Carpenter. Um, and we went in there and they were ranked like two in the nation and we, we beat them. And that punt block was, like part of it. And I, that one, I, I remember a lot. Um, the other one, which I find funny is that, uh, in 2007, we're playing at the cats. Okay. And Bobby decides to put in a reverse punt and I'm the reverse guy. Okay. All week he's building this up of like, here's how we're going to do this. By the way, Schmitty, this has never gone for less than 40 yards. Okay. So basically like I was to go around back and get a reverse for Mariani and then take it the other way. Well, we're practicing it all week and I'm not the fastest guy. Like I'm, I'm quick, but I'm like taking all week. Fuck. They're going to catch me. Like this is going less than, this is going less than 40 yards. I'm, I'm so scared of this. 
So <laughs> we're practicing it. Finally, Bobby calls it. And I had made this joke all week that if, if I end up taking it to the house in that end zone where they have that stupid bobcat that blows up, I'm going to like try to find the plug and deflate that fucker, um, you know, as a celebration, I'm sure I wouldn't get in trouble at all. So uh, we're practicing it all week. Finally, Bobby calls it and uh, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to like watch the punter, get the ball, make sure he's not faking, then run around, go get the ball for Mariani coming on the reverse. Well, the guy snaps it and he like dribbles it to the punter. So like the punts really delayed. So like I'm sitting there standing, just like waiting, like, is this guy going to punt this ball? Like I have no idea. So he like, all the guys get downfield. He finally punts it. I run back. Mariani pitches the ball forward. We get a penalty and I get tackled for like a three yard loss. It was the worst fake punt ever <laughs> to this day. Bobby still brings it up to me. Like, it's like, you remember that fake punt that uh, always got 40 yards? Uh, you got like negative three. So that's the other one. Memorable, I'd say. Not favorite. <laughs> oh, man. That's a... Oh. You got more questions, sir? Nope. I'm saying that I rock that white gangster yes. RV look so hard. You had the do rag going pretty good, man. And uh, that's because I had long hair, <laughs> um, and then it would like if you have long hair and you don't have something like under your helmet to keep it back, like it'll fall in front of your face and it'll be it's a mess. And then I cut my hair, so I kept it because my helmet didn't fit right after that. So that was the do rag. Gotcha. <clears throat> All right, Curtis Wallace on Twitter is wondering if. Uh, you ind- anyone individually would be willing to take care of 100 stray cats in your home for a year uh, in exchange for the Grizz beating the cats and winning the national championship. You'd have to feed them, give them water, scratching posts, change their litter boxes. We're letting, and- we're letting the weird questions come into our guests now. <laughs> well, these people want to know what Andrew thinks. You'd have 100 cats living in your house for a year to ensure. Actually, Andrew might have and started the weird questions. Yeah, they start with Star podcast. Wars questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. A hundred stray cats? Yeah, for a year. Yes. I mean, for a national title? For a national title, man. I'd do it. Yeah. My in-laws are allergic to cats, so. I mean, there's worse things in life, I think. <laughs> True. Anyway. Mike, you got something. No, I was just going to say, let's talk about the game. What? These questions are great. <laughs> We're talking about the game. All right. So it's the brawl. Bobcats are pretty Do you guys good. like that name, by the way? The Brawl? It's better than the Montana Power Classic. Okay. Because Coulter and I okay. were going back and forth on that <laughs> last week. I mean... It's not great. The way I feel about it is that if you're rooting for the Grizz, it's Grizz Cat. If you're rooting for the Cats, it's Cat Grizz. And the people that have no bearing either way, like the 1% that's maybe neutral, it's a nice, easy Brawl of the Wild. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I, I'm just curious what you guys think. Coulter went off on a tangent on it. I'm just I, curious. What you I guys don't think Andrew? this was a thing until the EA football, NCAA football game. Like, I, I don't think, I don't remember it ever being called the Brawl of the Wild before that. I know someone like did a deep dive on Twitter about this. Like maybe it was called that back in the 50s. But I remember like we were playing NCAA football like in 2005 and they had, 
FCS teams and rivalry games, and they called it uh, uh, the the brawl of the wild. And I remember thinking that I don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it was supposedly it was coined by a reporter. Could be. I mean, yeah, the Montana Power Classic. Funny story. I remember going to the Bobcat Stadium. This was maybe the '99 game when they had that transfer from Oregon State, uh, and they made coins, the Montana Power yeah. Classic yeah. coins. I have one. Yeah, and the cats got the shit kicked out of them, per usual, and everyone, all the cat fans were throwing them onto the field because they were getting beat so bad. Yeah, shit. <laughs> it was like 2000 or 90. That, that was the year that uh, they went like they had no wins. Uh, like mm. They were throwing that, them all over the place. Might have been you 98 know, or 99. The, the uh, Montana Power Classic or whatever it was is is almost up there with the Astros Field being Enron Field in uh, <laughs> you know companies that just completely <laughs> fell apart and screwed over their stakeholders. Um, Andrew, what do you think about the game this weekend? I mean, you follow the team. You uh, you obviously you follow both have an teams. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to get in trouble. Uh, especially with people in this chat and Mike's people who this. Watch, watch me. Uh, I I think the Cats probably win by a lot. Wow. Um, Whoa. I I don't know how we're going to score, honestly. Like, I, I, I do not know. Um, that defense is good. Our defense is good. I, I, I don't have any uh, issues with our defense. I think they're a little undersized. I think they have run the or stopped the run pretty well, and that's all the cats can really know how to do. Um, uh, we've been a nice space. Please. I was trying to tell you, yeah. click on the right hand and put the pins <laughs> hold, in it. Hold and... on, fill, fill in the blank, Andrew. First to uh, blank wins. Uh, twenty-five. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You think that high? That's a high scoring game. I, like I think 10. more people say 10, 14, 13, 17. No, and I, I, I said this on Twitter. I, what has changed from 2019? What well, the Cats' O line isn't as good as it used to be. They lost some guys. Well, they lost their right tackle. Okay, they got two uh, freshmen, and they starting. lost their bet. They got freshmen on the line. Are you talking I, about like both sides of the ball though? Because like. Yeah, I mean, I'm, my, I'm talking. What what has really changed between the teams? We well, lost. Well, the Grizz revamped Torrey. their secondary. I mean, yeah, the Grizz got, have like, real corners. corners who weren't on the team. That's true. Yeah. Here, here's, and I made this comment on Twitter uh, when it happened in 2019. The, the Cats are specifically built to to beat a team like the Grizz and and little else. They right. remind me of the old Miss teams that used to beat Alabama like seven years ago. They're, they're designed to run the piss out of the ball mm-hmm. and have a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes and to bend and not break on defense, okay? What happens when you have a team with a, a, an offense that is limited, like ours is, is that if you go three and out, they run the ball down your throat, touchdown. Three and out, run the ball down your throat, touchdown. Pick touchdown it's 21 nothing and now you're relying on your limited offense to score a bunch of points which they can't right i i fear that that is going to be the same thing to happen now can we stop the run better than we did is home field advantage a thing in wagra yes all of that if 
if Fonse plays and is what he is, it, it's the Grizzlies are going to have to put up points, a lot of points, a lot of drives. They're going to have to keep their defense off the field and not the entire time like Eastern. When our defense was gassed by the fourth quarter, and if you get gassed against the Cats offense, they're just going to run the ball some more. Mm-hmm. They're going to run the ball down your throat. I, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to jump in just a second here, okay? Yeah, so, jump, uh, jump in there. Elijah Elliott, right, their backup running back, is doubtful. Afonso had 32 carries two weeks ago. He left the game in the second quarter. Like, I, I honestly feel in the sense of, of the Cats' offense, like they need, in their perspective, they need Afonso to go for 150 to 200 to be able to move the ball on our defense. I mean, where does it go to the other side of the coin? Our, our defense has allowed three points that was because of a muff punt. In the last two mm-hmm. weeks, like I think of this being like I get it with the, with the Grizzlies' offensive struggles, right? But flip it to the other side of the coin. I think our defense is just as good as theirs is, and you mm-hmm. could say the offenses are very similar. So I I get what you're saying totally, but I, I flip it to more. If Fonte is not healthy, how are they going to move the ball? Well, I so I don't know if he. I, I know, like, hey, he's going to play. He's going to play. He'll play. He'll be fine. <laughs> I, I would assume he was in concussion protocol last week and not a knee. Like, no one just goes into street clothes after you've been running for nine yards of carry, and it looked like he hit his head on that play. Like, I, I don't think that uh, he, he, they, he probably hit his head. They probably took his helmet away, and they probably said, oh, it's his knee. He's been banged up. I'm with you, you on know? that. I would assume that he plays now the right tackle being out and having young guys on the line. Uh, that is an issue. What's also an issue is that we run a, a, a three, three or three, three, five, and we're putting smaller bodies out there against a team that all they care about is running the ball. And I see in the chat, they don't have a, they don't have a QB. I understand they don't have a QB. They didn't have a QB two years ago. They, they didn't have a QB three years ago. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't had a QB in any ago. of these games. They, 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 yeah, they do not have a quarterback. That's not their game. Their game is to have Trent Dilfer, right? Don't make mistakes. Just give the ball to Jamal Lewis and make sure your defense doesn't allow any points or any touchdowns. You can give up field goals. The, the way you beat that team is by scoring and getting them behind so that they have to throw. And I don't know if we're capable of doing that. So the question okay? would be: I, I like, thought Eastern could do that, and they could. They even could it. But so the the question would be: Sure, but what was Idaho doing to him in the first half, even when Afonso was healthy? Limiting possessions. They were limiting possessions. Yeah. So it's like, I, why can't we do that? I think that I mean, whoever scores for this is very basic to the level, right? Whoever scores first is going to have a huge advantage. I think the first team that gets up two possessions. It's almost going to be game over, no matter who it is on, on both sides yeah. of the coin, because neither one of these teams are really built to play from behind. Right. Correct. So yeah. X factors are going to come into play with that. But I I just, I don't know. I, I think that everyone's talking about the cat defense, which is valid, but kind of dismissing what the Grizzlies have done on defense as well. I mean, the offense has put them in terrible positions. The games that they have given up some points, right. and you look at what they've done the last three games, even the Southern Utah game. I mean, I get it. The Grizzly offense has been very inconsistent. They've sputtered. There has been a lot of reasons to doubt or be frustrated with them. But man, I mean, the defense I feel is going to keep Montana in this game to a point to 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Riley, I, I, I get all that. Like, I, I think our defense is really good. Um, I, I think that if they're forced to throw, our corners are going to pick them off constantly. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think if they're forced to throw, it's going to be a, a bad game plan for them, which I'm sure they know this. Right. Uh, it's, I think it's completely dependent on this game is completely dependent on the Grizz offense. And if we can sustain drives and keep our defense fresh, I think we'll win. I just don't know. Have we, have we seen that yet? I mean, last week against NAU, it, it felt like Humphrey was running into the pocket the entire time because our tackles were getting beat on the outside. Like what's going to happen with those cat defensive linemen? Like I, I, if, if we do not sustain drives, we're in trouble. And I, I think that Cam probably gives us a better chance to sustain drives because he can scramble out of the pocket and make plays um, as opposed to, you know, standing in the pocket and getting sacked constantly. But at the same time, we got to capitalize on everything. We, we, we can't get a turnover and get zero points, you know, like we've had in, in other games this year. Like we, we have to do all the little things right. We can't have drains – uh, their drives sustained because we get a penalty. We can't, like, all the little mistakes have to be cut out. If they're not, I, the Grizz lose handily. I've got a great over-under for the three of you because I really think that this is going to be the difference in the game. It's strength on strength, which we love to see at this time of year. Yeah. Over-under, Montana State rushing yards in this game. Ooh. Yep, because uh, I think that's going to be the difference in this. I'll just say that for the Grizzlies in their wins this year, they have not allowed a team to run for 100 yards. Yep. In their two losses, both teams have ran for 120-plus. Like, that, that is going to be kind of where this game is won. And I truly just want to ask all three of you, over, under, Montana State rushing yards in this game. Are you setting a line? Like, or you want us to put the line? Yeah, like no, 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 no. Well, win I'll, or lose, here's the thing. Like, I'll your... set the line. Where I think it's okay. fair, but I, I want you to pick over and under, and then I also want you to pick the total yards they're going to have. I'm going to set the over under at 129 and a half. Oh. Yep. And I'm going to have you pick over under, and then pick a number of what you think it's going to be. Because I, I truly feel all said and done, turnovers will be number one. This is going to be probably the stat of the game. So I think the one thing I'll go first is the two teams that they lost to with the 120 yards have better offenses than the Cats. Yep. Um, I think that the Cats are going to look to run the ball more. So I think that if the Grizz can keep them under 150, I think they're going to be in the game and it's going to be a game that's going to be back and forth and whatever. If they're more than that, it's going to be one of those games with the Cats where it's just been, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Under the assumption that Afonso plays and is – the guy that we have seen this whole season, I think it's going to be over. Um, yeah, I just and now that Schmidt's bummed the fuck out of me. No, shit. I know. <laughs> Come on, Schmidt. Like, we're having that? beers. We're we're talking about cats living in your house, and he's just like, <laughs> just completely okay. bums me out. Damn. Now don't don't if you if you now say if Afonso if can't go for some weird reason, which you know whatever, um, <clears throat> that. I don't know. But then I guess the other thing too, right? Like we know, especially they showed in this Idaho game because um, McKay got hurt. And so then they had to bring in their option QB, Tommy Tommy. Tommy. And so then, and now it's like, and this would be the other thing 
like the guesses. How many carries does Troy Anderson get? Because I ah, oh, guarantee man. the shit out of you, he's going to get some carries. Over under game. three and a half offensive plays for <laughs> Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson's getting the ball, right? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Right. If this was if, Jeff Choate, Troy Anderson would have probably 15 rush attempts. I don't know how vegan right. his mind is. Schmidt, jump in here. If, if you know the answer, don't shout it out, okay? Can you tell me off the top of your head how many yards the Cats ran for in 2019? 300. Two seventy-two, probably not a lot. No, nineteen. It wasn't that because they threw the ball a little bit. Two seventy, three hundred and eighty-two. Three hundred eighty-two rushing. Oh my god, rushing. I knew that the other wins were over three hundred on sixty-two carries. They threw the ball fourteen times. That game, that was on a Bozeman, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. I was there. Worst team I've ever had to call in six years. Oh yeah, I, I was there as well. I remember walking Woof. out of the stadium and some guy walking towards me and my wife and he's like, Grizz fucking suck. And I just, I was like, I didn't even know what to say to you. We just lost by like 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to walk the other way. Like, I, I don't know what to say to you, man. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, so in terms of yards, this game, I would say over. If Afonso plays right. and yeah. is effective. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they have... I hope that what I'm saying right now motivates the shit out of them if they hear it. And I hope Bobby puts it on a loop. Like, hey, even our own guys think that we can't fucking score. And I hope they go out and score 50 on them. Okay. But it's, it's, they need to sustain drives. And I haven't seen it this year. Hey, it worked like, for Mike I, when I he picked Northern Colorado. For so. the record, the oh, person shitting go. all over your hopes and dreams is former Grizz player Andrew Schmidt. <laughs> um, let's not confuse him with state media Grizz fan pod and voice of the Grizz Riley. Hey, look, man, I'm a total, as you see in my flag in the background, nonpartisan here. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that it's an issue. What? That this is how you, this is how you lose. The, all the issues that we've had this year, losing games, Okay, they all stem from our offense not being able to sustain drives and score. We turn the ball over. We, we do dumb shit. Uh, our defense has never been the problem the entire year. So against that cat defense, like I think they're they're really good. Um, we're gonna have to sustain drives. And what I want to see is, and I don't know, Brent, you probably, Mike, you probably, Bradley, you guys all probably know. I don't know if our own line is hurt besides like a guy or two or just banged up. But what I want to see is the same kind of effort that the Grizzle line had against Washington in the first game of the year. Yep. Because that remind me uh, of when I played. Okay. There were guys pancaking Washington D linemen and then rubbing their balls on their faces. And that's, that, that is honestly like, before you laugh, like that's, that's a technique that was taught to us, okay? Oh like you drive them into the ground and then you army crawl over the top of them and rub your dick over the cross of their face mask. Okay? Is that what Dola means? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. So, is that the D in Dola? <laughs> yeah, that is, that is the D in Dola. Oh, man. Oh my Dola, God. Yes, that, that was taught to our guys. You oh demean my them. God. Can they do that this week? I hope they can. 
And we I wonder why there is a whole segment of people that criticize football as a sport. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I see we win this motherfucker with special teams and two Justin Fields INTs. Not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, hold on. That leads me to a question, seriously. Of a guy that's played in this before, because I, I hear all the time about hey, Riley, you can do all your spotter boards as much as you want. You can play the number game as much as you want. But what you can't take into equation is guys playing outside of their body in these games, like guys playing outside of their ability. Is there anything that maybe jumps out to you, Andrew, I mean, during your time of guys that just overachieve in this game in particular? Because, again, maybe it means more to them, whether it's a Montana kid or or just any circumstance, because that's that ultimate X factor, right? We might talk about turnover, special teams, touchdowns, trick plays, but guys just playing outside of their ability level, does anything maybe jump out to you in that? Because that's obviously a yeah. major X factor in this. Yeah, I mean, it, this game means so much to everyone who's a Montanan, right? Every player on that roster, because you don't want to go home and get shit-talked by anyone that was on the other side of the rivalry. Um, but yeah, I mean, from... I, I like all of our guys were geared up, but I don't know if you remember like George Mercer taking that. I don't know if it was a pick back. The yeah, it was fumble, a pick. It was, big, yeah. it was a pick all the way back for a touchdown. That was so not George Mercer, who actually showed up as a wide receiver, uh, as a walk on when he first came in. Uh, that was that was I, him and Chase Reynolds were both wide receivers in the same like like uh drills which is crazy but yeah like that let's see mercer george mercer that that was not something that he would typically do but he was there i'm sure it meant a shit ton to him right yeah i'm positive it did but like that it it meant a lot to Corey bierman like it, it meant a lot to colt anderson you know it meant a lot to all these guys uh that played in the uh <laughs> i'm seeing the chat Mercer, weird cat. His dad is a nationally renowned taxidermist. That explains everything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so guys playing outside their bodies, yeah, people will. Um, and, and one thing, actually, I don't want to want to shit on everything too much, but, but one of the things that I think is in the Grizz advantage, uh, besides uh, uh, Washington Grizzly Stadium, is that. Uh, their head coach hasn't been in this game before. Uh, He has no clue what's about to happen. None. And nothing can prepare you for it. Okay. That is going to be the loudest he's had to deal with since what North Dakota, like, I don't know if he was on staff when he came here, Uh, when, when they came here and they lost with Carson Wentz. I don't know if he was on staff. He was gone. If he was gone. So he, he doesn't know what this game is. And I bring that up because I remember in, Kramer gets fired. Rob Ash's first year. Uh, I'm friends with a bunch of the cap players on that team. Like those guys said that before games, like Cat Grizz, Kramer would say, I don't give a fuck if you guys get 10 personal uh, foul flags in the first quarter. Like, I want you guys to be juiced up for this game. Like go out and play like off the wall, like get, get penalties. I don't care. Like you need to be amped up for this game. This is, it means this much. Uh, One of my friends said that before the game, when Ash was there in 2008, he was given this speech, like the game wasn't a big deal at all. 
And then we come out in the throwbacks and the thing's loud and he's looking over and Ash just has a dumb look on his face. Like, what the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> that, that will play a role. How much of a role? I don't know. Hopefully enough to, to get our offense some scores and to stop theirs. Man, I hope so. It's going to be a hell of a game. I just need people to know that there's there was a pod before this live part and we'll have stuff after this live part. So if the only <laughs> thing of this week's episode you hear is Andrew Schmidt pissing at everybody's Cheerios, <laughs> just don't judge the whole pod by this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. God. Are you pulling Bobby? a are you pulling a Nugent like just this to reverse psychology? I'm gonna pick them just in case we win to like re- do the reverse psychology bullshit. Are you doing that? Just curious. I, or do you I actually think that's gonna happen? I'm curious. I, I may or may not have ulterior motives. All right. But All right. Bobby, play this to every one of your players. <laughs> Andrew, I'm pretty if good about clipping out if, moments and making sure people hear. If they don't it. score, we're fucked, and it's on the offense. So offense, you you better offense, you better score and sustain drives and help your defense. See, I I love because I get paid. Wrong. I get paid to ask these questions, right? So I got one for you, okay? The Grizz will the Grizz will win if they score a blank amount of points. Uh, they got to score 28. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I believe they could score 28. I I'd maybe I, I'd I maybe say 20. I'd maybe say 20. I think the defense scores 14. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. Nine from the kicker. You guys are like basically saying the offense is not going no, to score a touchdown. If the offense can finish drives, they could do. I mean, I mean the we, we have 11 there. field goals in the red zone yeah. this year. We are getting to the red zone. It's just a matter of yep. getting we in the end Executing zone. in yeah. there. I get it. I, it's just. How, it's how many like, defensive touchdowns do we have? Four. Four, but three have been called back. <laughs> so seven, but so three seven, have been called yeah. back. Yeah. Four yeah. defensive, three special teams. Wow. I mean, that's it's very impressive. Like, I, I really like our defense, um, and I hope they fly around and stop the run game. Because if they if they stop the run game and they they force whoever that quarterback is, they're they're all like a uh, like a zombie Frankenstein like QB to me because they all suck and they're all like the same guy who can't throw. Like they can throw a deep ball a little bit, yeah, um, and that's about it. Like those are the cat QBs. I was that I say, know. We're talking about I mean, cat QBs. Cat right QBs, yes. yeah, yeah. So like Lule was good. Uh, Denarius McGee was good. Um, what do they have? Another one, uh, Prue Cup. Okay. Yep. He's in right. my life, in my lifetime, those were the only ones who could throw a spiral. I think. <laughs> the rest, the rest are awful. And somehow they still win games. I don't get it. <laughs> Fascinating. Anything else we want to talk to Andrew about here? <laughs> I loaded up all the Twitter questions already, so we're you, good there. You want a, a prediction? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought you already gave I mean, it you to basically us. Said, I mean, what'd you say, Cats 35-3? You said Cats, you cats by a million, and you put on some blue and gold or something, yeah. Chris hmm. win 28-13. <laughs> oh, there it is. okay. That, that's called the old rope-a-dope, folks. Oh, rope-a-dope. That's awesome. I like the prediction. 28-13. Cats have a good kicker. Yeah, he kicked a couple field goals. He did miss a field goal from like 28 yards out two weeks ago. It's the only one he's missed inside 40. But you wonder 
confidence. Oh, getting in his head. A yeah, little bit. A yeah, little yeah. bit. Okay. Hey, okay. it's supposed to be a record crowd inside Walker is Saturday. So, atmosphere. It come on. That's got to be worth a little bit, right, guys? You would hope so, but it was in 2018 <laughs> as well, too. So, you hate to make more bad memories. Though, though. This is like, totally different, though. Expectations are totally different at this yeah. time of year. I mean, I want to throw that out to you. I mean... Andrew, were you guys ever an underdog? Did you ever feel like an underdog? Because from Vegas' perspective... In any, in any game? In any game, period, let yeah. alone this game. But, I mean, the Grizz yeah, are a Iowa. home underdog. Home underdog. Yeah. Iowa, Oregon. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, we, for, I guess Tennessee. an FCS team, we were, we were uh, underdogs against James Madison. Um, and uh, that was, like, disrespectful, I thought, to us. Because I remember... Someone asked me if, if college players gamble on games, and I was like, no, uh, probably not. But we, we know what the spread is because, like, we'll be on the sidelines, like, what is the spread of this game? And they'll be like, it was James Madison minus 10. And we'll be like, fuck them. <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of like a, a thing of, hey, that's disrespectful of what they think. Uh, of who we are. I don't think people gamble, but yeah, I mean, we knew we were underdogs against JMU. They still kick their ass. Tell me this, in the history of Wall Grizz, because I can only remember one time, how many times have the Grizz been a home underdog? Because the only time I can remember is NDSU. When they came in here and Montana won outright, they were like a 14-point dog. They're was a, that big? It was a four, they were wow. a 14-point dog when Carson Wentz came in here and they won. The Grizz won. If, if we had a... Uh, uh, Chris Felica here this week. Uh, we'd know that from ESPN stats and info, but wow. uh, college game day are cowards. Um, so I don't know the last time we were uh, we were home underdogs. I, I honestly want to say Walgr and we all know betting's picked up recently, but since 1986 when Walgr came into play here, this has to second the second time ever. You guys know the history honestly yeah. better than I do, but. Besides that NDSU game a couple of years ago, when else have the Grizz been a home underdog? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I was trying to see if we were in that App State game in 09, but... With Edwards? I see I see Grizz Cat in 2012. But 12 would have be been a... in Bozeman. 12 was in Bozeman. Because up well, until this ra- year, the yep. even numbers the, the, were in Bozeman. That was when they were No, that was in Missoula. No, because 11, we went to Bozeman. When they were ranked number one, and we beat them. So 12 yeah. was in. Correct. Hi, Whoa. I'm Michaela. Hi, Michaela. And a little thing I love about Michaela. the Chick fil A. Yeah. Okay, Dan. I can't do <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. okay. I remember that game because I was at a wedding and Dan, I want some more, uh, ran it all over them. Yeah. <laughs> but that was. Them. Yeah, they were ranked number one. We, Tremaine Johnson sacked a uh, quarterback in the end zone for a safety. and. Yeah. Denarius. Denarius. Yeah. yeah. Put it to him pretty good. You guys want to know something about Dan Moore that you didn't think you'd hear today? Let's hear it. Dan Moore showed up in the summer of 2008 and we had all been lifting like in the same group uh, for forever. And he lifted uh, more than everyone else on the entire team. The entire team. Of course he did. Yeah. The entire team. Like we're looking around like he just cleaned more than Corey Bierman ever did. And he is 18, 17, 18 years old. Like, it was the most incredible thing I've ever... We're looking around like, That's wild. what is going on here? Like, this guy, one, shouldn't be here, and what the fuck? <laughs> There's a great... Of him in that um, 11 game, 
like jumping over a cat defender. You yeah, that? hurdle yeah. guy. Yeah. That guy was oh my god, what a monster! What are we up to these days? He's uh working for Amazon. He's living down in Arizona. Nope. He's got a son. Oh, good for Dan Moore. Yeah. His kid's probably doing push-ups right now. <laughs> probably. <laughs> He's probably going to be a, an Olympic lifter or something. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, all right, guys. Anything else for Andrew? <laughs> good over here. <laughs> yeah. This has been great. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Uh, hey. You know, uh, end on a little bit of a high note after your downturn. No, on, honestly. I, I mean, look, I, I don't want to bum you guys out. I think that the Grizz can win, and I and, and I'm hoping that they do win. Um, I, I think they have a path to victory. I don't think all is lost. They just need to sustain drives. I think that our defense is good. If we fall behind, we're kind of screwed. Uh, but same with them. So it'll be a close game, um, and hopefully the Grizz can pull it out. Sounds good. Brent, what's your score? Uh See, I kind of had two. Uh, and the uh, way I looked at that when I like wrote up my thing, my, my scouting report was I said, if the Grizz offense can't get things going, get in the red zone, continue to have three and outs, put the defense in a bad spot all day long, I think it's going to be something like a 21-10 cat win at the end of the day. Uh, but on the flip side, these last two games, we've seen a little bit more of the passing offense. <sighs> Sammy Cam and Ben Roberts have to have the best day the best, their best game of the year. And if that can happen, if the O-line can give Cam more than two seconds to, you know, diagnose, play, make a throw, uh, I see a Grizz win. I see it low, like a still low scoring, like a 17-13 game. Grizz. All right. I'm picking Grizz. I can see it one way, but I'm going to go Grizz. You want to be on the record here, or do you got to hold out? I'm going to hold out on this one. All, right. All I'm going to say is that I think that People are not giving the Grizz defense enough credit. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, everyone's talking about the Cat defense, which I'm fine with, but people aren't giving the Grizz defense enough credit. All right. Well, you guys all know what I've said for years oh, after I got no. burned. Do I need to leave right now? Was, yeah, you're gonna, you're that they need leave. to prove it to me. <laughs> but here's what I've realized. They could prove it to me even if I pick them to win. So I think the Grizz are going to win this game. And I actually <laughs> – Let's go. Let's I've go. been feeling it more and more this week for that exact reason. It's like I think the Cats are getting all this. Da, 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 da. I think the Grizz are the perfect position. It's like it's kind of like 2011. Like you guys are playing for a top seed. We're just as good a team. Let's go do it. I love it. I love it. All right. Andrew, don't rain on that. I'm not. No. And who, did someone – I'm looking at the chat. Look for Cole to have a huge game. Uh, Cole Grossman, it. hell yeah! Grossman, I've been having huge games every week all right now. Okay, all right. This is confession before I get out of here. I was I went to the Northern Colorado game. I was just staring at him the entire time. Okay, <laughs> what a dreamy individual! <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's like six four, just ripped. He's taking his helmet off. He had a little headband. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay. Who got three more years to look at him, Schmitty? Campus. I have no idea He's if he is or not. Andrew, <laughs> who's better looking, Cole Grossman or Tough Harris? Oh, yeah. I, I heard the pod at the other day. <laughs> tough, tough Harris is the, the, the most dreamy guy ever. <laughs> I'm sure if I saw him right now, like, I don't know how he shaves, like, with that granite 
face of his. I know the razors just break off. What a dreamy individual that guy is, too. No, the, the reason why is I said it on Twitter. Like, uh, I was at the game five years ago, and I remember looking at the O-line and being like, oh, shit, we're in trouble. Like, well, there's a lot of bad bodies here on this team. Like, right. these guys are not in good shape. Like, what is going on? Uh, and then I... I went to it this year and I saw Cole right away and I was like, hot damn, we're back. (laughs) I like it. All right. For the guys uh, tuning in on uh, Andrew's Twitch, uh, we had a great 45 minutes with Riley before we were live. So make sure and listen to the pod and we are going to get to everybody's questions, but we're not going to do it live with Andrew. here. So Andrew, thank you so much. It's always great having you on and uh, we appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, if you guys like uh, watching me play video games badly, I'll be back on Twitch <laughs> at some point. Or I'll take Luke's job and we'll do this again. Hey, it's, I, it's I hear that they need right lawyers now. in Missoula. Come on down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You guys take care. All, All right. right. See ya. See ya, Andrew. All right. So uh, always great having Andrew Schmidt on. It's a lot of fun. It's funny because I think he shocked all three of us with his analysis. Totally, yeah. totally shocked me. <laughs> but you know, it's something like I keep pointing out to people. I think we're pretty even keel about the Grizz. I think we're hard on them, and I think we give the cats credit when the cats deserve credit. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, you can't say the same about every pod uh, in the Big Sky Podcast mm. Network. But you know, you can about the Grizz fan pod. Riley, anything else you want to touch on while we have you? And we've really appreciated you being on tonight. Guys, this is a blast. Every time I I can do it, I I want to jump on with you guys. You do such a great job. Awesome following, as we all know, because what makes this place great? It's the fan, the the interaction, right, that we get with Grizzly football. It's been a fun ride this year. I know no matter what happens that – Everyone's going to stick together, right, in the playoff <laughs> run. The Grizz are in the playoffs regardless. We're in. We're in. Yep. I think throughout the last two hours, what we've all learned, it's a coin flip game. It's going to come down to the X factors. We can break it down as much as we want. I can spend 40 hours, which I'm going to do, putting these spotter boards together. And you know what? It's going to probably come down to turnovers, trick plays, and X factors. Yeah. That's probably know, what's going to be. Yeah. The thing about coin flip games is they're usually fun to watch. Yeah, they are. And for as frustrating as the Southern Utah game was from a standpoint of we should be doing better – it was fun to, you know, block the field goal and win the game. So yeah. let's just go out and have the Grizz play it close and be in it in the fourth quarter. Right? I, I just let's think that it. the mindset's different this week, right? Yeah, I it. mean, yeah. we, we talked about, we touched on a little bit, just the underdog mentality. It's so weird to say that. Montana is a home underdog against Montana State. Just repeat those words out loud and yeah. tell me if it's it weird. sounds right to you guys. It sounds super weird. Yeah. Right. <laughs> With that being said, does this team embrace it? I think they do. I, I think it's going to come down to the X factors at the end of it. And regardless, we'll be we'll be talking about playoffs. It's just a matter of, hey, if this team stays healthy, they still got everything in front of them. Really it's do. going to be fun. We love this. We we all need to take a step back, I think, and appreciate how special it is that we're all a part of this because this is a rivalry that so many people envy week in, week out, year in, year out. We're a part of it. It's what we want as much as we maybe hate those guys over the hill. Both teams are in the top seven in the country. Yeah. Yep. This makes this game so relevant in so many different ways. I can't wait. Appreciate you guys having me on. Always a blast. And uh, you guys do a great job. All right. Awesome. Well, if you're having a party around the country, turn on the TV, but mute it and stream Riley. All right, Mike. Well, 
I think it's that time. All right. Uh, I've got Twitter up, so let's just uh, let's, let's start here. Rapid fire. And we had like more than one thread that people were asking questions on. Yeah. So it's hopefully start, we don't miss it. Uh, and I've got some texts, and i got a Twitter DM as well. So, yeah, it's kind all of all right. across the board. All right. Here we go. Um, Postman Grizz wants to know if it's too early to put up your Christmas decorations, including outside lights. <laughs> what is the best Hallmark Christmas movie you have watched this year so far? So far. Which Grizz cat performance is Andrew's most memorable? We talked about we that. Yes, that. Yep. All right. Um, no, not too early to put up your Christmas lights. Brent's going to do it this weekend. Yeah. I might. I usually do it before Thanksgiving. So let's we, get, get that done. We got the bucket lift this weekend. So, you know, it's, it's uh, you get them up when you can. So. Yeah. yeah, best Hallmark Christmas movie. Don't have an answer for that right now, but it's not because I haven't watched any. I just don't know their names. Yeah, uh, but but good recall and, and way to try and get back <laughs> in my good graces. All right, Johnny Metropolis says in 2019 it appeared the Grizz peaked against Weber at home. Yeah, and the Cats peaked against UM. Have both teams peaked this year already? Grizz versus UW, MSU versus Eastern Washington, or will somebody play their best game this weekend? Oh, I didn't see his question for Riley, though. How to break 80 for first that. Time. Damn it. Um, I think the Grizz are going to play their best game this weekend. I think they are primed to play their best game this weekend. They seem to be. Uh, you know, and it's like the Grizz have been playing better in November so far than they had been, especially in October. They seem to be getting some things figured out, and we're seeing some instances of some guys, especially on, like, the O-line and other spots that are improving dramatically over where they were before. So the Grizz seem to be on that upward trend where if you flip it and you look at the Cats, you know, there's September and early October. They just beat the crap out of everybody. They regularly would win 45 to 7. Um, they hit that Weaver Road game. It's a tough defensive game. Then after that, like, it starts to get a little choppy. Like Idaho State, they were in control that whole game, but Idaho State runs for 200 yards. Um, you know, and then you got the, the Eastern game, which was a huge win. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be the peak for them, but that game was like littered with errors and, and Eastern Eastern's totally Eastern's confusing play call. was not the same team no. for those two weeks that they yeah. were earlier in the season. Yeah. And then I get that Idaho game where, you know, that was a bad game for them. So to, I mean, they should have, they should have destroyed Idaho. Idaho is a bad football team. Now, I mean, people can point out the Grizz had a bad game against a bad win, oh, yeah. so to say an ugly win against Southern Utah. And the next week they went to North Colorado and kick crap out and played probably their best game so far of the year. So I don't know. So it does do feel respond? like the Grizz are more poised. Yep. All right. Uh, uh, Thomas Dennis wants to know what's more important for our offense, having their best game of the year or getting McKay to melt down, which will be harder. Mm. Well, so McKay's the thing about McKay with his meltdowns is it doesn't turn into turnovers. He's only thrown three interceptions the whole year. Um, obviously what, like the Weber game kind of showed it as he just becomes completely ineffective. Yeah, I mean he had he almost had two different games this year where he threw for less than 100 yards. Yeah, one for sure and one almost. And he got knocked out of the Idaho game. Um, again, I'm going to assume he's going to play. Uh, I'm sure, you will. Yeah, but so you know we've got situations where um, how's his health? How's his? How's everything for the guy? So I don't know. Yeah, I. I like Andrew said earlier on the pod, though, McKay is kind of one of these guys where even if he plays bad, he doesn't he doesn't hurt the team, so to say. Like he doesn't throw picks. He doesn't. He's put it on the ground a couple times, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much rattling him is going to be 
like the big deciding factor in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Good thoughts. Um, our buddy Montana Parlay says, 2019 brawl attendee here. Ugh. Had a lot of fun with a few guys at the pod on that weekend. His question, will Brent be attending this game? <laughs> no. Yeah, of course I will. Because <laughs> it's in Missoula. Yeah, it's in Missoula. I was the only guy from like the whole... If Brent had come, maybe we would have won. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Brent. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for your support. <laughs> when we watch games in Bozeman together, we win. <laughs> It's true. That's true. All right. That's very true. All right. Bear Tycoon says, need you guys to answer this one. Favorite bottle of booze under $75. Mm. Man. I mean, we said this last week, but, uh, and, uh, I, I, I'll stick with Basil Hayden for me. That's one of my favorites. Now I will quickly interject as Mike Google's, Favorite bottle? No, no, I'm just kidding. Not quite. <laughs> just mess with it. Uh, it was great to um, uh, be reminded of some other uh, excellent choices of bourbon, uh, such as Buffalo Trace, uh, by some loyal listeners of the pod as well too. Shout out! <laughs> so, you got a favorite, Mike? I don't know that I do. Yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I mean, it's like I, I know what I don't like. But if you've got something you like, chances are I'm going to like it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good question, Barley or Bear Tycoon. Sorry. Good Whoever question. Asked it. All right. Branded boots with the fur. Um, how superstitious are all three of you? Uh, can't wait to run into Luke this weekend. He actually <laughs> said, can't wait to run into all three of you. But I mean, we know. Yeah. We um, know. I'm very superstitious. Oh. Very. If so. If I wear a Grizz shirt to a game and they lose, I don't wear that shirt to the game the rest of the year. And so take it out of the rotation. Yeah, like it's gone. That and then um like there was yeah, uh forget to bring something that I usually bring or something like that and uh you know, uh, yes, incredibly superstitious, just all sorts of weird little I've gotten things. better at it, but there was probably a four season stretch where I wore the same shirt nice. to every game. <laughs> Problem is I kept getting fatter and eventually the shirt just did not fit. So um, it was also kind of in the Stid era. So I mean, I don't even know it was lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Just uh, being honest here, guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, my old buddy Bridger says, um, Grizz defense is maybe the best they've ever been, which is a fair conversation. Um, yeah. The Cats' defense might be even better, but he doubts it. Uh, does anyone besides me remember the Cat fan in the Cowboy hat giving the double bird to the camera after Hepner booted the game winner in 97? That's the best. Um, uh, he found it, <laughs> and I sure. love it. Bridger <laughs> said, follow-up, I often think of this gentleman when I hear mint hot takes Nate on the Montana <laughs> Mint Sports podcast. I've got to know, is there any resemblance? Actually, if mint, if Nate put a Cowboy hat on... That's pretty damn close. I could, I would buy it. That this is awesome. We got to clip this. <laughs> got it. All right, <laughs> Richard. That is fantastic. Two different people tweeted us the picture of the double birds. Bozeman Grizz did as well. <laughs> All right. Um, we already asked the question about the 100 stray cats. All right. The Grizz Den says goofy questions are fun to play along with on all that. Um, entertaining on a serious note though how's everyone feeling about this thing shaping up to, to be a game similar to 2011 game yes i know that game was in the little box that year where are we at with that 
I actually said that. I yeah, mean, yeah. I think that, you know, the offense isn't the same. I mean, that, that offense was mm-hmm. um, entering the stretch where Flugrad had his, his offense rolling the best it ever did in his little stretch of being coach. Right. Um, but that being said, this is like the, the, the pressure's on the Cats. I mean, if they win, they're a top two seed. They're at home throughout the playoffs. Like, you know, kind of like the Cats got to do to the Grizz last year, honestly. The Grizz went into that as number three. They could have won the conference, could have gotten a top seed in the playoffs. Uh, You know, a new coach, you know, their their chody pants isn't there anymore. So, (laughs) I, I don't know. It's I think the pressure's on the Cats, guys. Yeah. And if you Cats fans don't think the pressure's on the Cats... I guess you haven't been paying attention. I mean, when was the last time the Cats like won the conference? It's been a while. And so I think that that's like some of those things like, oh God, I can't even think actually when they did. They never like won the conference outright under Choate, I don't think. Or not, definitely not Choate, but Ash. So I can't really recall a time even. So like the pressure to accomplish something like that definitely is on their side. Um, yeah. And All the, right. And the 2011 game, one little thing. Dan Moore, as we talked about earlier, returned in that game unexpectedly yep. and had a huge game. Well, it's be, just, that'd be cool. It'd be interesting if a running back returned and had a huge fucking game. I don't know. Would you know? that be something? <laughs> Not that I have any knowledge. Any of them. <laughs> any of them. There's so many Name to choose from. <laughs> um. All right, serious question. Three main keys to the game for the Grizz to win. I think we talked about it. I think they need to stop the run stop as best the run. they can, but that doesn't mean shut out the run. Yeah, They need to be able to run the ball, and, and Cam has to be accurate when they do throw. Yes, yes. Because it's like, you know, this defense is good, so it's like we're not going to get a ton of chances. you got to be accurate. Yeah, I agree. I think um, – and the thing like, – we talked about just a little bit too. The run is like – the Cats' run game is still very diverse – not like it was under Choate, but it's still – this isn't – Afonso is just going to get these, you know, inside the tackle runs, like 30 attempts like that because this Mellick kid's going to be all over the place and they're going to do all this goofy crap with center receivers and doing triple option and zone read and things like that. So it's going to be a massive test. But if that if the offense can stop that, defense can stop that, that's going to be big. And then honestly, we, we'd harp on this a bunch, but offense has to move the damn ball. Yep. And we can't, you know, you can afford to be 0-0 at the end of the first quarter against Northern Colorado and Dixie State and Northern Arizona. Um, but if this is something where, yeah, it's 14-3 to at the half, Cats, because the offense just can't get things going, that's big, big trouble. That that could be game because all they're going to do, do is milk the clock. So this yeah. offense has to has to perform. Got anything else there on the old Twitter? I have plenty. Um, Tater Sloan says he's heading over from Seattle, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Wants to hear everyone's go-to Missoula, Montana beers. I'm still a cold smoke guy. With everything else out there, I'm still a cold smoke guy. I'm getting a cake of cold smoke, yeah. uh, I mean, God, there are so many good breweries. Draftworks is great. Uh, You know, obviously our, our, you know, the the kind of the the old classics, if you will, Big Sky, Kettle House. Yeah, yeah. 
there's a lot of good stuff out there. So I live on the northwest end of town, so Pylander is yep. kind of my spot just because yep. um, – not just because it's close. They've got some damn good beers too. Their, their strawberry wheat's not really like a cold-weather beer, but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, – and I got good pizza in there too. So, yeah. Sounds good. Um, there are more. All <laughs> no <right>. way. <laughs> All right. So there was a question for Riley – about moving somewhere in Montana, but we missed it. Yeah, um, damn it. All right, Adam Clinch. Are they going to play Cotton Eye Joe at this game? You know, they better. Despite <laughs> Brent and I's best efforts to control everything about the athletic department, <laughs> we don't actually know. You know, they, they don't tell us these things. Um, well, the Grizz have special uniforms. I bet they might be maroon on maroon, but other than that, I haven't heard of anything, which doesn't mean nothing, but I haven't heard it. I think in a year where. They're trying to recover financially from the COVID cancellations. I'd be really surprised if yep. there was a lot of money on alternates. Yep. Likelihood Osmo plays, I'm going to say 5%. I was going to say 3 to 5%. Um, better chance Grizz run for 200 or Cats pass for 200. Mm. Better chance Grizz run for 200 mm. on, a, on a trick play, like an end around to Flowers, you know. I'd go the other way, honestly. Oh, interesting. Just because I think – the focus is going to be stopping the run so much that this that McCutcheon kid, he actually, granted, he's got two more games than uh, Eastern's Limo Jones, but he actually leads the big sky in yards. Yeah, um, good, point, good point. So say he gets two deep shots at, in the game and he's got, you know, like 120 to 150 on three passes. I mean, that's then they can they tack on another 50 yards of passing? I think they could. All right, that's probably a fair answer to that. Um, let's see here. James Paul is. <laughs> I saw that. Would one. Andrew rather be a cat or vote Republican, and why? Andrew, you can go ahead and tackle that on your own Twitter feed. <laughs> um, Luke Rounds wants a four-hour pod. Not happening. Um, tonight, it feels buddy. <laughs> like this has been a four-hour pod because it's one of the rare times where we stop and start and like, three times yeah. clip things together. <laughs> um, but yeah, Silvertip says he's got a few. Um. Let's see. Three questions special for Calgary's week. In reference to college game day, where do the hell get hell did they get off stringing us like that? And did they learn how to do it so well from my ex girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Probably to the last question. I think that what happened with college game day, I think that a lot of the people on the show wanted to come. Yeah. I also think that the producers of game day wanted to come because it's a fun environment that's something they've never done. Right. I think executives at the ABC level who care about ratings were just like, no, Ohio State, Michigan State, we have that game at noon. You're going. Yeah. And I can, I honestly can understand that. Like, it's, it's kind of lame, but I can get it. Yeah, I'm with you. I get it. It's a bummer. But like Riley said earlier, though, too, I think um, – who knows? Maybe we that we've uh, built up enough momentum that we could yeah. see him soon. So I was gonna say, keep keep being friends with these guys on game day. That's yeah. what I would say. Don't burn the bridges. Don't call them out. Just be nice. All right. Second question from Silvertip. Since both the Bear and Desmond were so supportive of coming to Montana and advocating hard for us, odds of getting either of them on the pod in the future? That is awesome. And I actually think this would be a great effort to keep us in touch with some of the game day guys. So you guys start doing that. Let's get that out there. Um, and then his third question, 
how can you guys even focus on the rivalry this week over the intense sorrow of losing perennial big sky power Southern Utah? The omission of caps was intentional to the whack. I can't wait wait for Southern Utah to be gone. In fact, I want them to be gone so much that I wish they'd expelled them from the basketball season right now. And my singular hope, besides the Grizzlies going on a run and winning the Big Sky Conference title, is that anybody but Southern Utah wins the title because they're picked as the favorites. They are. Yeah, that's right. Fuckers. Assholes. Real quickly, if Desmond Howard does come on the pod... I'm going to fanboy the hell out. Because... I imagine you would, Bryn. Don't <laughs> Super worry. Bowl MVP. You'd Desmond probably Howard. go find your jersey somewhere. I don't know. I'll, I'll get one. I yeah. <laughs> he was 21. I could take the 12 and uh, roll it around. All right. Kyle Dyer says um, this was for the guests. What's the best Bobby Hawk story each of you have? Specifically about Chris Cross. We missed that one. We did. Bummer. I missed some of the. So this was like the split thread or something, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, sorry. That's a great question. We will file that away. That's a that's a good one. If you look back in the archives, of the Grizz fan pod, the last time Andrew yeah, Schmidt was right on, Andrew on, and he's been on tw- other 18. two other times yeah. actually. Yeah, but he has told some great Bobby stories. We can we I, we can we can dig him back up. Yeah. I still got the auto file, yeah. audio file. So let's yeah. dig him back up and maybe clip a few. All right. Um, Cordy says we already did this. We asked him to describe the typical week of prep. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Claxton says, what do you guys think of Colton Iwana saying on the Inside the Den podcast that the Grizz are a top eight seed even if they lose? He also thinks they'll be a top four seed with a win. I think this is completely dependent on other Big Sky results. I think if they win, they are a top four seed, actually. Four? Top They're going to have a win over number three in the country, MSU, and Pac-12 ranked at the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you bookend your season there. I don't know that they can pull off a seed if they lose. I just don't see I it. do think that the, the win over um, UW will carry some more weight with the committee than some of these people doing projections now Agreed. are giving it. It's so easy to dismiss it because it was the beginning of the season, but it's still a win on their resume. But I don't, I don't know that I believe that. <sighs> I'd love to be wrong, but I don't I mean... I don't know. I mean, what what is a little interesting is you've got, it, like, you look down the FCS and it's like a lot of the top 10 teams this week, or a lot of the top 25 teams, have kind of some challenging games. And so um, some of it is, you know, Southeastern Louisiana plays a 5-5 five and five team. Rhode Island plays a 5-5 five and five team. Um, William & Mary play Richmond. They have about the same record. So it's like you got a lot of things where – there's a whole bunch of teams. It's a little bit more fringe. Of course, the big sky, we've got Sack playing Davis. So one of those two is going to lose. Is going to lose. Grizz play Cats. Um, I was just trying to really quickly pull up the uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference because that's got – so you have – I mean, Southern Illinois is probably going to beat Youngstown. North Dakota plays South Dakota State. I mean, North Dakota's 5-5. Five and five. South Dakota State is either good or bad, depending on the week or whatever. South Dakota plays NDSU. That's going to be a pretty fascinating one. Missouri State plays the mighty Dixie State. So you could have a little bit more kind of parity around the tw- top 25 where I could see it. I just – I feel like a Grizz win against the Cats is probably a fifth or sixth seed. Um, that's just kind of my gut feel. Because I – and yeah. Because Cats will – They'll still have a seed, probably. I would guess. Yeah, I mean, they should. Yeah, where it'd be something where the Grizz would be above. So Grizz are a five, Cats are a six, something like that. 
something like that. Um, all right, a couple more here. What was your sign for game day going to say? Nah. Uh, I, Brent, they've already convinced me. It just said FTC. <laughs> just that. I've been told by people high up that that's an, uh, something uh, that I should be pushing. A buddy of mine was texting me like uh, winning records of like recognizable names like Carson Wentz and Tony Romo. Uh, or you could even move it to basketball and point out how many times Dame Lillard won the uh, tournament games in uh, Dahlberg, Dahlberg and stuff like that. So kind of some funny things like that. But all for not. So, yeah. um, so we've had a couple of people ask us questions about bubble screens. And then Monty is my hero, says, how come the Grizz seem to be running Stitz offense? Lots of short passes, high completion percentage. I don't know what offense we're running, but we're definitely not running the Stitt offense. No. And – I think you might misremember, for better or worse, what Stitt's offense was. Yeah. Um, it was basically the same personnel groupings switched around. I mean, but it. I think some of the reality is offensive line time to block, and we need to make quick decisions. And I do think that we haven't pushed it down the field at times as much as we could. So I think that's fair. I'm with you. All right. Um do these pants make me look snagged? Wants to know, will Mike be making his prediction of a cat win this week from an undisclosed location? <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> All right. That's it for the Twitter machine. Okay. Uh, that's funny. Okay. Uh, Egris, we had a handful here. Um, Grizzly Ordigger is just asking us, uh, not really Grizz related, but kind of fascinating how uh, the stats and coaches' polls are so different for Sacramento State. They're 11th, I think, in the stats poll and 18th in the coaches' poll. Um, they're not even given odds-on favorites to even make the national title game. Uh, so just kind of curious. I think that uh, a lot of SID interns vote in the coaches' poll. Yeah. Um, so I kind of take that with a grain of salt. I also, the stats poll redid it, and they they lowered the number of voters that they have, and um, I think that some of the vote, I just by looking at some of the guys who vote, who are like that FCS fans nations page and stuff like that, they almost overthink it and they get too cute with, like, oh this person should be knocked down this much, yeah. but then they don't seem to hold other people the same. And like one one person who's a voter in that poll put the Grizz freaking fourteenth. And it's just God. like, what, based on what? Like, w- w- in what world are we saying that two teams from that f- the freaking Southland or whatever are going to beat the Grizz on a neutral field? Like, <laughs> it just, it, it, it amazes me the narratives that some of these guys come up with. And so I just, the polls to me are less and less relevant than they've ever been. Oh, man. Well, I missed this. Uh, PDX Grizzly had a question for James. Uh, but maybe, does James have like a juke move? That he's working on. Make a tackler miss. We should save that and ask okay. him next. Uh... And PDX is also wondering if he's tried kicking field goals yet. James? Yeah. Oh, he kicks field goals all the time. <laughs> they don't, most of them don't get high off the ground, but he, I, actually, he went to the Bobby Howe camp a couple years ago. Yeah. And his punting actually really improved. It's like he learned how to kick the ball at the punt, pass, and kick competition. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, Putter, I'm assuming this question is for me, pointing out that the Packers are going to offer stock to the public. Uh, would you ever buy shares if it meant you could never buy Grizz tickets again? Absolutely not. I, no. These and the stock tickets. Um, it's not real stock. It's just it's a it's a it's a fancy fundraiser, which I donated to today. So hooray. 
<laughs> I you I can't imagine donating to the 49ers. Yeah. Could you and imagine what if the you hell's had a, the difference? Little piece of paper that says you're part owner of the 49ers? Uh no. Yeah, yeah. Same. I wouldn't have moved them out of San Francisco. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Ursus One was just asking, like, uh, I'm going to sum it up, basically, uh, what the hell happened with special teams against oh, NAU? That was uncharacteristic. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the returning game is just, it's a health thing and then an experience thing. Yeah. They're not kicking the ball to Flowers, so we're just not. And yeah. the defense is really, you know, guys aren't scoring much, so there's not been a lot of opportunities there. Um but I mean, falling for that fake punt, it's like you like to say they shouldn't fall for that shit again. Yeah. But I don't know. Weird week. Uh, better it happened against NAU than anybody else. So hopefully I can work it out. Um, brand new Egress poster with one total post. Oh, this will be good. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to ask it another night. What secret blog is Luke trying to hide? Uh, Wait, what secret blog is Luke trying to hide by refusing to have his picture on the UM website? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. So, on to that. All right, so um, GrizzFan24 had a handful of questions. And uh, shout out to GrizzFan24. Mike and I actually got to catch up with him in San Diego while we were at the Realtor Convention. And attempt try like hell to find a single bar that actually knew what ESPN plus even was, uh, and let alone have internet connection. And the, the bummer was, um, (laughs) he had researched the hell out of this. Like he called bars, he talked to people like we had this down and we were shooting these messages back and forth. And we like, we had it locked in. We had a choice a B and C like we knew where we were going. And so, um, so he gets to the bar before me and Mike's finishing up a committee meeting and he texts and he's like, the kid that's working here doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He can't, he's locked out of the account. This is, this is a no go. We're going around the corner. So my wife and I are headed that way. So we hoof it over to that. And then this guy, it's like satellite TV. And this guy was convinced he could find it. So we watched the whole, we're whole first quarter on our phones. We wind up just cruising down fifth street in the gas lamp, poking our heads into every sports bar that we can getting told a whole bunch of no's by this point my wife is super hangry i think we all were mm-hmm. and uh so we just we just uh stopped at what was that bar called barley mash or something like that and grabbed the table and we all had our phones out and made it work but uh shout out to 24 for <laughs> the effort there and hanging out with us hanging out it was a fun it was day it's fun day all right so he had a couple questions he apologized for length but not really uh his goal is to get us to the four hour level I don't know if that's happening tonight, buddy, but uh, we're going to push into you know, two and a half here. I haven't read these in advance, so I'm Sometimes that's bad okay. news for us. <laughs> Number one, way off topic and nothing to do with Grizz. On a scale between the opening scene of Old School, where Luke Wilson is zoning out in a convention about real estate law, to Step Brothers, where Brennan's mom hooks up with Dale's dad, where does the National Realtor Convention stand on the We Take Ourselves Too Seriously this clicks me it's 24 oh my god <laughs> to what happens at the nrc happens at the nrc convention scale <laughs> he also asked if luke uh, attends conventions and has stories so we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to ask on that um the realtor convention is unlike anything i've ever been to but i've also never been a member of any other trade association yeah me neither 
I have to imagine there aren't a ton of professions that, you know, get 25,000 plus people yeah. at their conventions. Right, right, yeah. I like to call it manufactured excitement. And yeah. the good thing about a convention that large is there's always multiple things going on all the time. So you, so you don't else. have to stay <laughs> in the thing you're doing. Yep. Uh, but yes, take ourselves too seriously. Yes, oh, indeed. Ho, ho, ho. Points out that coaching conventions are notoriously chock full of drunken debauchery. I think uh, most conventions are. <laughs> he says, which one of the current Grizzly staff ends up as a character in The Hangover? How about that? Passed out in the bed of the Monte Carlo. <laughs> yeah, no, no comment. Yeah, pass. Uh, okay, rivalry game, uh, point number two. Wow, this is... Thank you. Jeez, oh, this is long. Okay. Um, so making some points to the same. Okay. I've seen some, uh, utterances on both Egros and Bobcat Nation. Several players might be held out MSU wise to get them healthy for the playoffs to the same degree. There are consistent rumors about Knight, Osmo and others, uh, about them returning to Grizz Cat. Uh, so he points out, he says, no coach is going to run a player this day and age if he's incapable of playing. Uh, but it does beg a couple questions. How odd is it to hear from Bobcat fans that they have fish to fry in the playoffs and the brawl might not be that important? It is kind of odd, I'd say. I mean, I, some Cat fans have been talking about that. Um, <clears throat> if you consider how important Afonso is to the Bobcats, who are all but assured for a playoff appearance, the Bobcats are, uh, would you, well, both of us are, but yeah. Uh, <clears throat> would you play the guy if it meant it would give you de- a decreased chance in winning playoff games? Would it make sense to run Knight or Osmo under the same conditions for the Grizz? I was talking with this with um, <clears throat> listener Jay, uh, and I, like we, we just don't know. Like if this was Chote, Afonso would – well, Afonso is going to play, but I was going to say – if Afonso was dinged up, I think under Jeff Choate, he would probably be out there and getting 25-plus touches. I just don't know how Vegan approaches the game in that same fashion. You know, I guess we're going to find out really soon here. Uh, but I think the other big thing for the Cats is anyone that says this game doesn't have a lot of importance on it, I think if they win this game, they should be the number two seed. Yeah, this is home for the playoffs or not. Then that's like, if you get the number, yeah. So if you're the number two seed, everybody has to come to Bozeman. Yeah, this is home for the playoffs all the way through versus one one home game in the second round. Yeah. Uh, All right, uh, trolling your neighbors at point number three. Um, (laughs) uh, So... San Diego sure loves its uh, holiday-themed lighting decorations. And says, so, uh, Mike, what is your stance on the one house in the block that doesn't participate in putting up uh, all sorts of holiday-themed displays? They should... I'm <laughs> rethinking my answer to this question. <laughs> I think every citizen is free to participate in the holidays as they, as they wish. Okay. Non-council. But put answer. lights up! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. CDA Grizz, you ready? Oh, God. This is kind of the last. Well, let me check. I think we had a few more, but then typically Grizz fashion, people just start arguing with each other. Uh, okay. I've been doing pick one every other week, but I feel like I should try to redeem myself after last week. Um, so pick one. Option one. Oh, we have three options here, too. The Grizz win the next three national championships and the next three Bobcat games, and nothing else really changes in your lives, but... 
you can't use a toilet or urinal until the day after the third national championship win starting nope. tomorrow. Nope. <laughs> no cheating. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> People around the community will know about your sacrifice, but you'll be forever known as that weird poop guy. <laughs> okay. That's option one. You got two more choices here. The Grizz won the next three national championships in the next three Bobcat games and nothing else really changed your life, but <laughs> you have to get breast implants and keep them in for one year. And you can't <laughs> tell anybody why. Yeah. Uh, you just have to have the inconvenience of carrying them around for a year. During that year, you can't tell anyone, family or goldfish. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> These questions. I mean, I think we've found my limits. Yeah, with some of CDA. CDA. I'm not is. doing that either. <laughs> we, I've, I've carried the load for these national championships so far. Just why can't we just stick with Bladen? Oh my God, <laughs> always be Bladen. Always be Bladen. Uh, let me check. So, some questions for Luke that we'll save for next week. That's it, man. That's it. So. Some of our cat fan friends on 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 the internet are going to want to know if we were objective or not. Do you think we were objective talking about the game today? I feel like it. I think. I mean, I mean, we talked about their strength. I mean, Afonso, in my mind, is the best running back in the conference. In my mind, he's the MVP of the conference. Yeah, especially if they win this weekend. Yeah, and their defense is legit. I think that um, it's not offensive to say that the first part of their schedule was weak. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, I mean, that Eastern win was huge for them. And on the heels of the Weber win, I mean, that's uh, – those are great wins. Yeah, I think – I don't know. Yeah, uh, I would hope we've – I feel like we've been more impartial and more favor- – sp- sp- we have spoken more favorably of them for this rivalry game than we have in previous years. I feel like previous weeks I've been more complimentary of how they, their team's going than I have this week, but it's Cat Grizz week. So. Yeah. F it all. FTC. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If we know you, we will see you at the game. Hell yeah. Go Grizz. Fight on.